Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Set Your Expectations. This is the show, the podcast, if you will, where we cover a different aspect of life every week with a different special guest. I'm Joe Gerger, your host, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Josh. Josh, who do we have today? Well, Joe, today we have Chris Peapod Dotter. Now, Peapod, you may have heard that name before as he is a radio personality here in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, and he sat down and talked to us. We've known him for quite a while, but he sat down and talked to us about what it was like, what it was really like to work as the forward-facing member of a radio station and exactly how much work, and I do mean work, it took to get to that point in his life. Uh, he explains to us all the ins and outs of advertising, programming, everything that goes into being on the radio, and it was fascinating. Yeah, it ended up being the longest one we've done yet. Uh, yeah, it was super long. So we've got a lot to talk about, a lot for you to listen to, so strap in and set your expectations. I am uh, Christopher Daher, uh better known as Peapod, and I am a radio personality. Okay. When you say radio personality, what does that entail? Uh, well, uh, the the generic term would be radio DJ or disc jockey, oh, but that man. term is kind of... The old uh, shock jock days in the 90s. Oh, so you're spinning the discs. I, yes, I'm spinning all of the discs. I take the I take all I take all these CDs and I take all these cartridges and I put them in the shape. Now, how uh, often do you have just one hand with a one headphone <laughs> and the other hand on? Yeah, on on, on the turntable and just you know scratching up, up fat be- fat beats. Absolutely, yeah. That's, that's what all DJs do. No, isn't it? no, no. Uh, uh, basically, uh, I am a, I work in radio. I work for. Uh, um, Cumulus Media, which is one of the two big uh, radio corporations in America. Um, Cumulus is the second biggest radio company next to uh, Clear Channel, iHeart Media, which uh, both terms you've probably heard bounced around. But they, they are about called, a thousand times a day. Yeah, they, they're they're called they are called currently iHeart Media. They were formerly called uh, Clear Channel, and uh, but I've been with Cumulus Media for a little over seven years. Um, I, I graduated, uh, how, how old are you now? I'm 30. Okay. So I went in there, I, I went in there actually, I started, I got hired in about six months out of college, which is a rarity in any kind of job market nowadays, especially this job market. Um, when you graduate, you actually get a job in your field, unless you're like an engineer. Yeah, exactly. So what was your, like, what was your college degree? What was your actual? I have a bachelor's in communication. Uh, I also have a, a degree in arts and science from Specs Howard School of Media Arts. Okay, so that's a special radio school. That, that is a special broadcasting school. Okay. Um, it's not necessarily geared towards just radio anymore. Specs Howard is, is geared towards uh, radio, television, and also graphic design. Okay. So, you know, and, and obviously graphic design is the big hot new market that's been booming in the last you know, maybe five to seven years. Um, so you, people need to know how to, not only, it's more than just doing Photoshop, it is, is, uh, building a brand, building a physical eye attracting brand and products and everything like that. So, um, the world of graphic design is, is somewhat new to me. Uh, but, um, I, I've done radio for seven years. I went to the University of Toledo, 
Uh, I'm originally from Akron, Ohio. I currently reside in Toledo. I more or less can say Toledo's my home because mm-hmm. I stayed in Toledo longer than um, you were in Akron. Than in, I was in Akron, so I can more like my wife. Is, I, I have a wife. I have family like in here in Toledo, so I pretty much can call Toledo my home. Okay. Akron is just my birthplace. Okay. Um, and Toledo is where you've made your name. Yes. There was there. You never had any kind of like following. No. Wise no. No. I. I. I don't like my hometown. If my family did, was it wasn't in my hometown, I would never go back there. <laughs> Honest to God, I wouldn't. I was, I've I was, only been in Akron a handful of times, and I also, you're not missing I also much. wouldn't go back. You're not missing much. <laughs> no, Swens, no offense to the folks in Akron, but Swenses is good. But you know, whatever. <laughs> so okay, so take me through like a typical work day for you. Um, okay, well, as I uh, drop my uh, soda on the on the table, um, <laughs> it, the funny thing is, the, the time we're recording this, I'm actually brand new in a in a new position uh, as part of management. So we'll touch about that in just in a, in a bit. But uh, if I was just doing it strictly on my on air person uh, on air radio. Okay. Which would be uh, I, because in the beginning of the year, in the beginning of twenty sixteen, I was. Uh, I, let me rewind a little bit. In the world of radio, you don't necessarily have one position. Okay. Okay. Radio is not a place that you will do one thing, but you will also learn how to do a bunch of other things, and you really should learn how to do a bunch of things. So it's all cross training from the moment you start. Yes. Okay. Excuse me. Um, when I first started, um, I was hiring Cumulus uh, Media in here in Toledo. Cumulus Media has currently seven radio stations. When I started, it had eight, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, excuse me. This, this soda is really getting me burpy. Um, <laughs> when I first started, I was on 106.5 The Ticket doing uh, board operating. Oh, man. Um, I mean, I, I barely remember the ticket. Yeah. Right. Well, it, it is a sports talk station, and, and I don't know dick about sports, personally. N- nothing wrong with sports. If you like sports, cool. I, I've i never been a sports guy. Never never had. So when I first entered radio business, I was doing kind of the, low, the lowest end of the totem pole, which is running soundboards during a broadcast of a, a radio game, which is coming down from a satellite like ESPN or other companies like Westwood One. Things like that. It, we, we do not have the live broadcast. We are not like we don't have representatives at the location the game is being broadcast. So it's just, it's just a remote broadcast being Correct. sent to you guys. Correct. Because we are we're an affiliate. Right. So you know I would be there and I and I would have a sheet that would tell me you know hey at this point you're going to be listening for this phrase and then you're going to turn the satellite pot down on the board because I, I sit in front of a, a soundboard. And then you're going to turn our local commercials on, on, on a computer, and you're going to hit play, and you're going to play the commercials, and then when you're done, you turn off your our stuff, and you turn back on the game. <laughs> That's your job. And that was my job. Just, so basically, I'm listening to a radio broadcast of a sports game for anywhere from four to six hours. Look, oh hearing man, for, that sounds tedious. It is very tedious. Don't get me wrong. That's how the first thing you need to learn is if you want to do anything related to radio is you got to learn the bottom rung stuff. Like people joke about getting coffee for people if you're an intern. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Yes, <laughs> but, <laughs> that is your job. But 
but board hopping is the very first job most people who start in radio start at. So it's essentially hopping. it's the board op is the mail room correct for, for radio. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that you know what that is a perfect representation of that. Yes. So how long did you do that? I did that for about a year and a half. Is that usually is that like what you would say most people are looking to board up that that amount of time? Yes and no. And and I say yes and no because it's how much they want to get into more with radio. I wanted to do more on air stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't get you don't walk right into radio uh, when you first start in radio, mind you, and get an on air shift. Unless, you, unless you're on uh, 92.5 in the morning and they just have the interns come in. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, I mean, that's intern, and that's and, and that's every radio station and every morning show. And that's I when I when I had a morning show earlier in 2016, um, I I had uh, interns once a week. I would put interns on air, and they would be my co-hosts because I want to bring on interns. I because I never had that opportunity when I started to to be on air and and learn that side of things, and I never job channel or anything. I was just kind of thrown into things. And then learn as I go, which is trial by fire, which is which sometimes works if you if you if you get past through it all. But sometimes having someone of a helping hand to guide you through the fire, and then when you take on it by yourself, it works better. Yeah, I've kind of noticed that about you. Like in the, in the time that I've known you, mm-hmm. which is I think since you graduated, uh, well, since you started, I think since you started Specs Howard, as I think. Yes, around, around, around I think so. Like I think uh, yeah, five five years five years ago. Some, I, I graduated Specs Howard in, oh, shit. Um, I want to say 2000. Might have been before that, then. Uh, maybe 2013. 20, 20, it's like 2012, 2013. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah we, 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 we knew it definitely before like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, in the time that I've known you, uh, I have seen you yourself use your position to kind of put uh, at least from what I've seen, like high school kids mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Uh, as like interns or let them job, come job shadow you yeah. when you were doing that. Yeah. And I, I don't think I've really seen a lot of other radio personalities do that. No. So I thought it was pretty cool for you, somebody who made this your passion, you gave other kids the opportunity to, like, this is what you could be doing as well. As much as I, I, I like and respect uh, some of my the radio veterans, radio elders, mm-hmm. um, it got to the point where they would just it's a little tedious it's a little underneath them it's a little beneath them is you know they find it annoying um that's i don't that's not all of them not all, everybody thinks like that um but i i'm in a building with like nine out of the ten people i interact with on a daily basis have been in the business for decades okay like I'm, I'm like the newbie still when at, it comes at to seven like, years. You're still a at guy. seven years, I'm still like the new guy, but I've done a lot in seven years. And that's a lot longer than any job I've ever had. <laughs> right? Seven yeah. years is a long time. Yeah, it's and, and 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 what people need to realize is when you get into radio, radio is not necessarily a big money job. I just recently received a promotion and just received the title of full time and making more money than I did. Before that, I was doing a little. I was literally not allowed to work past thirty hours a week, and I was making a little bit over minimum wage. And that was not even as an on air as an on air person. As an on air, I was an on air, and usually it's not that case. But the radio station I was on on one hundred point seven the zone, unfortunately, had a different it had a different set of rules because the radio station itself had a very low wattage. It only reached X amount of people. 
within the town, the city limits. Like, you go outside the city limits, you're pretty much losing the radio station. Yeah, it was hard to hear even in Northwood. Yeah. It's, um, and, you know, um, it got to the point where also, you know, the sales team did not not, not necessarily know how to sell an alternative rock radio station. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought, when you say alternative rock, they think the 90s rock, grunge. skateboarder, grunge, mm-hmm. weed music. No. Not, it's, not, it's, not Coheed and Cambria. No. Not uh, <laughs> brand new. Like, not like alt, not, not the alt rock we know. Yeah. Not Nirv- it's not necessarily Nirvana. It's not necessarily the grunge music, grunge era. You know, it used pe- to people, be. people think like Creed and yeah. like Nirvana or no. just like old like grunge bands. And that's not what alt is anymore. Al- al- alternative rock is, is literally the, it's two, two representations, I would say. The alternative rock is. Literally, what falls not in the course of like rock, pop, country, things like that. Right. Second of all, it's also very indie, a little folky, a little throwback to the doo-wops a little bit. Yeah, it's, 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 it's everything, everything is not butt rock. Uh, Fits of the Tantrums, Bastille, Lord, uh, Mumford and Sons, Modest Mouse. Modest Mouse is a big one, you know, Weezer. Those are alternative bands. I mean, Those are alternative even going to Cambria, one of your favorite bands is, yeah. is an alternative rock band, yeah. technically. So the radio station I was on, unfortunately, even though I was an on-air personality at one time, even though I at one time I had a morning show on said radio station, I was not considered to be full-time because of corporate standards saying, hey, this station makes X amount of dollars, you reaches Y amount of people, you're only allowed to have Z amount of money towards that station. Wow. That's probably not something that a lot of people realize no. looking at you as, uh, oh, that's Peapod in the morning. He's obviously some big guy who makes big bucks and works a lot of hours. I work a lot of hours. <laughs> I don't make bucks. I mean, I recently, I, I recently um, at the time of the recording, I, I'm literally about maybe week three into a new position, which is digital coordinator and assistant promotions director for Kingos Media, which means a couple of things. I actually, it's a couple of jobs. In one, which, which it, seems to be the case in radio, which which isn't very in case radio. You need to you a lot of the radio people do multiple jobs it's, and know how to do it. It sounds thing. like everybody's wearing a lot of hats in, the, yes. in those buildings, and you have to yeah. nowadays. You have to if you wear one hat, you are only going to be pigeonholed, and you're not going to have much use. Yeah, and you're the you're the guy whose job goes first. Correct. Yeah, and that's and that was the biggest thing. So when I started, I was on a board. I was board hopping, and it was on the low end of the total pole at a sports station. I didn't know anything about sports. I wasn't going to be on air on a sports station, so I made it my priority to talk to the other programmers and the other stations within the cluster within the building because our building um, uh, has six of our seven stations in it. The other one is up in Monroe, Michigan, and I, I talked to other programmers. I said, I want to I learn more about the business. I want to learn how to do this. Can I have these opportunities? I learned how to run live remote broadcasts from, you know, from each station. So for like two hours, I would walk, I, uh, for about three hours, because technically you should come in about a half hour beforehand mm-hmm. um, or so and get everything set up, which is, you know, you, you play whatever the music is going on, and then at a certain point, they will send you, uh, and this is back. This is back when this was uh, live with them, because in the tenure I've been at Cumulus, there's been two ways now of running remote uh, live remotes. And the first one I started is like you would drive a van to a location, you would put up this big, the, the big, big tower, antenna, yeah. big old antenna on it. You have to, oh, whoops, you, know, you have to like maneuver it. I'm talking with my hands, so that's why I keep knocking everything. <laughs> and uh, you, you have to maneuver it towards like the, the in, you're on the phone with the other guy saying, okay, can you hear this now? 
check, check with the microphone, check. You have to maneuver it and make sure you sound good. And then you are in constant contact with the person back in the studio to ask them and see, you know, like, hey, well, how much time we have left? Or, hey, do we have to go after this song? Things like that. Is a big is a big production, and the guy in the studio, the board operator, has to tell them like, okay, you're coming after this song, you have X amount of minutes, things like that. Listen for this little sweeper that says, you know, live on location for you know ninety four five XKR or one hundred six five the ticket, whatever. And then you play the break, and you you hear them what they said, and then when they're done, you go back to regular programming or commercials or whatnot. That's one way of doing it. Now it's a lot simpler. Thank God we have these things called smartphones. Yeah. And they have really good microphones on them. So I record a break on it saying, hey, I'm Peapot. I'm live at this car lot. They're selling cars. Go buy one. Da, 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 da. And then I send that to the person back in the studio. The person back in the studio takes that break, cleans it up a little bit, throws it in the system, and then times it all out. That sounds way easier. And it sounds way easier. Yeah, it sounds way more convenient. So it is very, way, it's very convenient. Um, but I, it's convenient, but I also miss the big old antenna because visually when people see that, they wonder what's going on. Like, oh, the radio's there. The radio station's yeah. there. Like, that's what's going on. So I learned how to do that part, those uh, both the on-location part and the in-studio part. And it got to the point where I, I'm, I go, I need to do more. I want to be on air. I, for, I, wanted, I, I got on with 100.7, the zone. Um, when it was on, because the zone has been on that station in Toledo, Ohio, and a lot of radio stations do this across the country. Radio stations come and go, mm-hmm. like like the wind. It, it's kind of crazy, and um, basically because of either like sales or format changes and everything. And anytime you can snap your fingers and a radio station be gone, and right. you want to know, and it, well, the listener want to know. The people behind it might have maybe a week or two. Yeah, like there, there's been days where I literally will hit the preset button on mm-hmm. my radio, and it's just, it's just static. I'm like, oh, I guess that station's gone now. Yeah, and sometimes they don't they don't tell you. They don't tell the listeners. It's not like a great announcement. Yeah, yeah. you know, the idea now in, in the uh, whatever you want to call the aughts, I think you yeah, would, we would. We, yeah, the aughts of the. We would technically call this now uh, the 2010s or whatever. The, there's not a, uh, there's not a big a grand announcement saying this radio station is going off air. It's 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 a rarity. Yeah, I think the only reason they even knew the zone was going up here last time was because you made the announcement right. to, uh, like on Facebook. I, I like, more or less it? said like, "Hey, the radio station is going off air." Or I, I shared an article that Toledo Blade uh, mentioned, but that, um, that, like that just—I mean, I guess for the listeners at home's sake, mm-hmm. how many radio stations have you written down that uh, elevator shaft of <laughs> of the radio closing next? I know you've been in a couple. Two. Two stations closing down. Two stations. Two stations. One station closing down completely. One going off air. One switching formats. Okay. So. What's the station called that you're on now? Uh, uh, Q105.5, which is the former from the if you're from the Toledo area, Star 105. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Uh. They they went through a name change, a little bit of tweaking of the music. Um. You know, new coat of paint on on a station, which tends to happen. So with what you do now, what's your schedule look look like now? Uh, my schedule now look now because uh, and uh, uh, I, I, this intends what happened. I'll, I'll go off on a tangent and then I'll go off on multiple tangents, but I'll swing back all the way around <laughs> um, okay. as, as you should. We're just gonna drink uh, it in. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I uh, my my current position is digital coordinator and assistant promotions director. My job is one 
is is web is basically web maintenance and design. Okay. So all the station websites, when we get uh, some kind of, uh, and this goes to number two, the promotions part. We get a promotion. Hey, we have this event going on coming up, like this big promotion. Like currently, right now, on one of our stations, we're giving away twelve Led Zeppelin CDs for the next twelve days. Okay. So one CD per day. So we need to put something on the website so people could register. They could possibly uh, enter to win everything like that. It is my job to not only make the graphic for said promotion to put in all the information for said promotion, to set up the contest part of the promotion, and then post it and put it out. Okay. So there there are, that's jobs one and two together. So we get a promotion or something from the promotions department or some kind of event we're gonna be a part of, they need to put it on the website. I either get graphics myself or I make the graphics through Photoshop myself, which is, I'm starting to learn more and more a lot of stuff on Photoshop as I go. Mm. Once again, it's that trial by fire idea. Um, the third part is um, is a little bit of a data entry job. Um, obviously, there are salespeople when it comes to radio, and they sell radio packages. But it's not just now because of the you know the thing we call the internet, the series of tubes. Uh, <laughs> the um, there are certain packages that involve streaming content. We have official web stream on all of our stations. Well, you can get your commercial not only on terrestrial radio, which is your FM AM mm-hmm. stations, but also on the internet stream. My job is to get, I, I get little, I get pieces of paper uh, with order forms that say this this client is doing this streaming, you need to air this commercial X amount of times per week for X amount of weeks, and then here's the spot. And I put all of that stuff into a system. Okay. So like that is my job. My job now is almost becoming more or less a nine to five type job, um, which is a rarity in radio. Because radio is kind of all over the place. So whose job is it then? Like I know you said you like you make the promotional stuff then Correct. yourself if you have to. Whose job is it to decide when commercials air? Like that is the traffic department, and they they get set up a schedule. So they get these commercials, and they go, these people are going to be airing this commercial this many times through this many weeks. It's the traffic department that literally takes all those commercials and puts them in the system, and then some sort of and then and to be to be honest, I don't fully get myself, and I've been in the business for about seven years of how the system works. But they 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 come up with a system where it gets evenly rotated throughout x amount of weeks on certain days. So like okay, so so basically that that system's kind of automated. Like, a little so, bit, yes. So no one's in there like, oh, well, this Vindeavor's ad is going to get extra play or like, no. it's, it's just like, I throw it in, like, here's a commercial, we throw it in, and it gets thrown out and into by some algorithm. Yes. They, they, it'll get played like 20 times per week on whatever stations or whatever. Okay. It, it may not even be that last, but that that's how it goes. Okay. So there's that department. So there, there's the I've sales always people. wondered that. Yeah. There's the salespeople, there's the traffic department. There's promotions department, which I'm a part of. There's programming department, which is obviously the people that not only choose who's going on air, what's going on air, what things they want to do to get more people involved in listening to their product, but also they are physically programming the music station. So and, is, and, it, is, and, it, is it the nerdy department? Well, now which is the nerdiest department? The nerdy department, which would probably be the engineering department. Engineering. Uh, yeah, which I guess is, which is sound engineering. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is the engineer. All well, the AV guys. Yeah, well, you, yeah, <laughs> it, it, and that's the hardest part. And, I, I, and, and, and ironically, we're all AV guys. I, I, we're all big AV guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, 
the, the whole reason I got into radio was because of music. I always have always enjoyed music, but I've always been also fascinated with the on-air personality. Mm-hmm. You know, I I may not I I have I've had uh, self-confidence issues since uh, since growing up. My phone was vibrating as we all uh, do. As we all do. And I didn't feel comfortable how I looked on television. Television, as much as you want to bare bones and say, you know, it's not always about looks. It's all about, like, entertainment and everything. Bullshit. (laughs) It's about looks. Mm -hmm. Because a pretty girl with no personality will still do better than someone who's funny. Yeah, like, I like, don't know though. Seth Rogen is doing. I mean, Seth Rogen. Yeah, but like but Seth, I, when I, I Seth Rogen began, when Seth Rogen began, he was a chubby, pot smoking, you know, the weird kid in the weird, back of the yeah. classroom with Donnie Dark. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and now he's kind of a slim, funny, oh, pot smoking. Oh, oh yeah, this, guy. yeah. This the uh, media has definitely forced that dude into a position where he, he had to like get in the shape. And exactly. It just. It's, I think it's part of the. It's part of media. They, even, you, even, you, can't, even, you can't be in the public eye without being judged. So you have to look a certain way. I think. Exactly. So, so I like I like the idea of like I want my message and my voice to bring the message out rather more than looks. Right. And I've always liked that idea, and I still stand by that to this day. Is I feel like the message. It's all about how you say it, especially in the age of social media, where people can misconstrue so many things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... but there's no tone. Mm-hmm. Tone's a big part of it. Yeah, that's why I feel like and and as much as I want to and and I know we I don't want to talk about it too much about it, but like that was the biggest thing about like even I wanted to discuss a lot of things about politics during this election. Uh, uh, when when you listen to this, um, but uh, it was very hard to do that. I'd rather discuss it in person because then right. you can hear where I'm going from and you can tell where I'm going from and where I'm coming from instead of just seeing something, reading something, and then making your own judgment. So Yeah, well, I think it seems to be one of the biggest prevailing issues of social media in general is that you don't really – everyone's kind of making a lot of assumptions all the time about what people mean, what they're saying. Like, I can't tell you the number – I'm a sarcastic person by nature, mm-hmm. and I can't – all my friends know that. Right. People that know me know that. Right. I can't tell you the number of times, like, someone's mom on Facebook has been like, you're a mean boy, and I don't like you. Like, you're saying rude things to my son or daughter. I'm like – uh, we're no, we're friends, and that's some that's an like inside joke. Like, well, maybe your inside joke should stay off the internet because I don't understand. Like, oh, oh. I love it. Hate the internet. <laughs> yes. I really do. I I love the fact that it, it has connected everybody together. I hate social networking. I hate the internet because we have connected ourselves way too much. Oh yeah, yeah. We're all kind of uh, codependent on technology. Correct. Yeah, we're, we're we're caught up, caught up in the web. In, in, in the, the web. In the world and it's also and it's also affected radio. It, it it really has. But it also has to make it to the point where radio needs to evolve. And I feel like that's what the future of radio should be. Is it needs to evolve into uh, not only attracting people to what they are listening to, because as, as long as there's music around, there's always going to be radio. Radio is not dying. It's a different beast than it was. Maybe twenty years ago. Well, it's not according to that song from the eighties. Oh, radio killer! Uh, <laughs> be called the radio star. Radio killer, yes, I actually have a shirt that is a, a boombox radio that it, it looks like it stabbed the television. <laughs> so and, it's like, and it's called Radio Killed the TV Star. Oh, that's perfect. And I love that shirt. It's worn the hell out. I need to get a better yeah version of it. But I always laugh when people like, "Oh, radio's dying." It's like uh, I guess, but I don't listen. I, I only listen to podcasts, right? And that's literally just pre-recorded internet radio shows, right? My entire life has gone back 40 years, and I just listen to radio shows constantly. I barely listen to music at this point. 
people listen to radio not only for music, and it's still and it's and time and time again, and like Neil, uh, companies like Nielsen and uh, like Billboard charts and everything. Mm. Radio is important for music. It'll oh, always be and and the number one place that people get their music from and listen to hear music is radio. Mm-hmm. It's still radio. You can say Pandora and Spotify and all that and Apple Music and all those streaming services, which are good, which are nice for on-demand things, but radio is still the number one place that people get their music. Do do those... Let's touch on those things. Okay. How do those things affect you, and what are your feelings about those things? I have no issues with... Because I personally... I personally... And, and I know this is really funny and kind of uh, awkward saying it, but like at my desk when I'm doing a lot of like data entry or making stuff, I listen to Pandora. <laughs> I will straight, I'll be the first person. Do I have a paid subscription? Hell no. I'll listen to that. I don't care. Do, do, do any like the higher ups like walk past your office like, what are you doing there, Chris? No. Like a lot, well, a lot of people, well, my, how my cubicle looks, first off, it looks like my, my, I have a, I have a larger desk about maybe about half the size of this table. Okay. Uh, big, big desk. It's a six foot table, by the way. Yeah, it's a six foot table. So like a little, but like my front desk is like a big kind of U shape because it is great because I inherited a desk from a larger gentleman, so he needed a lot of room, and now he moved to a studio, so now I took over his desk. It has a lot, a lot of room. It has much more room for activities. Uh, but I have like I have it's it's kind of an open ended cubicle sort of like I'm not boxed in from everybody. I share a, 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 a there's a little divider with me and uh, actually uh, Mark Benson, which is the morning personality for 945 XKR, great dude. I know Mark. Uh, I yeah. know I listen to listen Mark Benson. Yeah, yeah, Mark Mark's, Mark's a great dude. All the cumulus people are in the same building? Yeah. Well, uh, outside of anybody who uh, who does work on air or sales in Monroe, then they're in Monroe, Michigan. Okay. Uh, but everybody else more or less is in the same building. At least all the local people. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, but I had never even considered it that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a company, so you'd think yeah. that'll be this building. Uh, obviously, I mean, we record both our podcasts in this room, so right, you know. Yeah, but it's I guess not one of those things you really think about. Yeah, but it's uh, it, I have a, a my whole my whole desk area. Like I have two screens, and I listen to music, and I listen to somewhat heavier music. So like people like walk by, and there's like posters and flyers and like little notes that that I've had from like interns or people or thank you notes or cool shit I've done with uh, bands and. Uh, famous people and everything, and it looks like a uh, comic book convention and music venue like got together and then threw up. <laughs> oh yeah, like it, it. It's ridiculous. It's great, but it's me. It's me personified. But um, I listen to Pandora because it's it's great to listen through time. And besides, as much as I love radio, and the argument can come, and and, and I was hoping to, and I'm glad I'm going to be hitting on this now. Um, is like sometimes I don't want to hear the same handful of songs all the time, mm-hmm. and there's a reason you hear the whole handful of songs at the same time. So I'm here. I'm always love to explain this, this, and another question that hopefully you'll ask. If not, I'll just answer it anyway. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to music, easiest thing of all time. <laughs> um, first off, the reason you hear, I always hear the argument of like radio's annoying because I hear the same six songs over and over and over mm-hmm. again. There's a reason for that. There is when 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 the program director programs a station, it's not as free form as you think. Corporate has come down with an idea and a skeleton of how you should not only the music are in different categories, but how those categories should play in the basics of a one hour time span of okay. radio. So you have categories A, B, and C, which are like the current stuff. 
if a song's in category A, it is really popular right now. You're hearing that every other hour. Mm. Okay. When it's B. So 21 Pilots. So 21 Pilots, for a perfect mm. example. They are the hottest shit right now. Um, so you will hear, you're, you're going to hear Heathens and Ride and and whatever the other song is constantly. But they are the number one artists right now okay. in like the alternative and also pop world. And that's direct correlation to record sales, concert goings, merch, music downloads, I, I things like that. Trend. Trend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's direct correlation. So the reason you're hearing a song so much is because you listen to it so much. We are literally responding to oh, the man. audience <laughs> audience suggestion. So like, being, your, uh, being your own worst enemy, then like you hear twenty five, like I can't stand that song. I was like, then change the station exactly. Because if you don't, they're gonna think you love it. Yeah. So I mean, it, yeah, it's the same thing with movies. Like, exactly. People keep saying like, oh, well, Fox makes bad X Men movies. Like you keep paying for them. Yeah. Like they're you gonna keep, keep making those. You same keep movies. going. If you don't like them, they're they're gonna keep. They don't you care vote, whether you like them. Vote your wallet. You're vote for your wallet. Money. Yeah, so there, if a song's in category A, you're hearing it a lot. In category B, you're hearing it a little bit more frequently, but not as much. Category C is usually when music comes in, it's brand new, but you're going to hear it maybe once during a um, a show, which is roughly around anywhere from four to five hours. Okay. Okay? So you're going to hear it once in there. Then there are recurrents, which is is when a, mu- when a song goes from, enters at C, goes all the way to A, and then becomes basically a staple into the into the library. So it becomes a recurrent, which is, this is a very popular hit, but it's not recent, but people really like it. So it's a recurrent. There are categories like gold, there, uh, which is our, our, like, our, our songs that uh, have been certified gold from uh, the uh, music charts, things like that. There are, um, and then depending on when you go to like different formats, so you have like 90 songs and like, you know, classic hits and everything. And every station is different. Every format's different to build that. So you have the skeleton idea from corporate that you need to play six six songs an hour of A, five of B or three of C or whatever. They, they give you a plan. Okay. So the programmer's job is to take all that information, see what's going on, see what's moving on the charts and whatnot, and then make a judgment call on how to program that station hour by hour. And it's become an, a, a formula and everything. So that is how music is programmed on a radio station. So is there like uh, obviously there's left like a little slice <laughs> for like requests then? Yes, uh, requests are is a rarity more and more when it comes to music, unless there's a specific amount of time. Yeah, and not a lot of not a lot of shows do requests. Anymore. Not a lot of shows do requests, and that and that kind of brings it up to the other question: Do I have say in the music? And I always answer yes and no. Yes, I have some wiggle room. No, I don't get to choose what I want to play unless it's a specific style of show. I did a show called On the Radar, which is uh, which concentrated on like local and up and coming music that was either from the greater Northwest Ohio, Southeast Michigan areas, or artists that are coming to town, and also like indie artists. I've interviewed a lot of local artists uh, uh, that that end up staying local. I've interviewed a lot of bands that have done international tours. I've interviewed the guys in Citizen, which has probably been one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. The Plot New. You had Michael Felker on the show. Convictions. Great dude. Great music. Uh, I interviewed them. Secret Space. These are bands that have been signed that have done national tours. They were about to do international tours. 
things like that. You had uh, Ghost Native too, right? I had Ghost Native in there, and Ghost Native and Great Tunes, all of them, all of them are Great Tunes. And you know, those are these are local artists that uh, either have gotten bigger and they've busted out, um, but they're also I've also done bands that are literally local that only maybe, maybe last maybe about two years and they just break apart. So and, and and I feel like and I always want to do capture local music because Toledo has a phenomenal local music scene. It really yeah, does, and it's just it's a really diverse Very, scene as well. Like there's mm-hmm. if there's a show you're looking for any kind of any genre, like there's probably a local country band you can go listen to that's probably oh, yeah. stellar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's folk bands here, there's metal bands, there's metalcore bands, there's punk bands. Mm-hmm. I think there's a local ska band. I've seen oh, some yeah. really great live jazz music. Oh, in Toledo, yeah, absolutely, yeah. There's a lot of uh, what I love about Toledo is the music. It's very diverse, and even though we are uh, in the Midwest, which is very big on the very harder music, the hardcore, the post-hardcore, the metal music, because it's you know we're in the Midwest, nothing. Yeah, we're all, goes we're all around bored here. suburban kids. Yeah, we're bored. We're bored, angry suburban kids. We need something to do, so we're gonna we're gonna yell into microphone. We're gonna listen to metal, dude. Yeah, so it's it's great. So I wanted to concentrate on a show, something like that. So. And it it was really hard. that was something that I really enjoyed and it really and hopefully in in the in the next year I can do more with that. But what was it like setting that up? Like, was there any special channels you had to go through to get your own? Yes, like pro- okay, there was. Um, when I first proposed the show, because I knew back in the day when I first came to Toledo, I was listening to these radio stations before I even wanted to fully go into radio because I originally went to co- went to University of Toledo in the fall two thousand four. For engineering, I almost failed out of college. Like, and it wasn't like I was partying or anything like that. No, it's on the opposite. I just got overwhelmed, and I didn't expect what in the world of engineering I wanted to do. Three semesters in, I had like maybe I was on academic suspension. I was like about as a one point something GPA, and this is coming from a kid who was pretty good in high school, like mostly A's and B's, and occasional C one here and there. But I was a pretty intelligent kid, but I was not engineering intelligence. Wasn't for you. It wasn't for me. It, it absolutely wasn't for me. I really enjoyed music. I was fascinated with radio. I joined the UT radio station, WXUT, and I got trained. I had my own show. My parents was like, if you still want to do engineering, you got to drop everything. you got to drop the radio station. I mm-hmm. said, no. I really enjoy the radio station. They go, why don't you go check out the communications? Why don't you do radio? And I worked my ass off. I graduated with like a 3-2 bachelor in communications, six months out of school. I have a cumulus. And there from there, I actually, and, that's, and that's you graduating after being on academic suspension from your engineering correct. major. So, so you did. You, I mean, you you turned that around. Yes. Like engineering just wasn't for you. Correct. You're like fuck that. I'm gonna be in communications. Right. And you just turned it around, and you graduated, got a bachelor's, three point two. Like so. Right. It was just the curriculum. You think was just the problem. Like you just, it just. I just, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. It just straight up wasn't for me. Like, I never realized how involved engineering was. Oh, it's super involved. It was super involved. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even like the math thing. Everybody's like, oh, it's the math. Like, I was really good at math. I was, I, I, I just, I held my own in math. I was doing like calculus. Like, I, could I do calculus now? No. But, <laughs> well, don't worry. No one can. Nobody can. But, you know. One no of one my best, really knows calculus. Yeah. One of my best friends, he he works in Cleveland. He's an engineer. And he's the mo- and it, when you're an engineer, you have kind of, like, you can tell who's an engineer. Mm-hmm. They kind of, like, have yeah, a look. But this guy is the most charismatic man you'll ever meet. And, and he's very smart. He's very intelligent. He loves his job. And, and he's a great dude. He's. He's an engineer, and you know, he's not the type of person you would think that guy's an engineer. <laughs> it's, it's it's weird. Uh, Gary, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I didn't know he was an engineer. Though. Yeah, like, how, how many pocket breakers does he have? 
No, no, you <laughs> wouldn't know. No, you would not know. No, no, no. I was being a smart Yeah. Because I, I recently watched, there was a meme somewhere, I think on Reddit, was just like, you can always tell an engineer by his pocket protector. Oh, yeah. You know, what kind of engineer he is. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really funny. So, um, but I uh, that's how I just love about uh, radios. I love I love doing this. But the, to answer your question, how hard was it to get uh, on the radar? So when I first proposed about this idea, because I knew at one time there was a local music, live local music, uh, radio show when I started, and then uh, um, and then it went away with the station. When when I was back on the zone, when I was uh, on afternoons, which was kind of like the big uh, when it comes to alternative radio, the afternoon the drive show, home the drive home is more or less the um, the 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 height of alternative radio because more people listen to the afternoons on alternative format than mornings. Okay, yeah, that's probably the the hype hour. <laughs> that was like the, like two to six. Two to seven. Two to seven. Okay. Yeah, which is five hours. Mostly a radio shift is anywhere from four to five hours. Okay. So, <coughs> excuse me, wrong two. So I did that, and I and I and I proposed the show idea to to my program director. I was like, I want to do a local music show on on the zone. Um, you know, feature local music. People would send us stuff, things like that. My programmer uh, at that at that time said no. He moved. He moved to a new format. Actually, he actually retired from radio, to be honest. He he retired from radio, went back to his hometown, and now actually works as a promotions consultant for a hair restoration company. Hair restoration? Hair restoration. Have the two of you gone to see him? I'm I'm more than happy to be bald. Okay. I'm okay with being bald. Hell yeah. I I don't... If it's not my hair... He's he's made peace with it. Right, yeah. I, I, I made pieces like, you know, I, I saw a photo of me like with my head down and like someone took a photo and like I saw like how bad it was. I'm like, I'm going to nip this in the butt. And I was buzzing my hair. And then I was like, one day I was like, you know, let me take a straight razor to it. And I did. And I never turned back. Once you start going bald, then it, the, the more hair you have, the worse it looks. <laughs> you, you either, you, when, you start, when you realize that you're going to go bald, it's, it's one of two things. You either deny it for the longest time. <laughs> Or you, or you just accept it and then do something with it, whether it's buzzing your hair or with someone like you know myself or you, Joe. Uh, we we take a straight razor to it and mm-hmm. we we look pretty good. Especially you have to have the right head, head shape. shape for yeah. it. Yeah, right. I've, I've seen some bald guys with real lumpy heads. Oh, oh yeah, like, oh, shit, I had man. a buddy. I had a buddy right around the time that I went. I shaved. I first shaved my head uh, and took a straight razor to it, and he did it. He looked like Uncle Fester straight up. <laughs> <laughs> Just he, super smooth. Just it was like he looked bad. The one wrinkle bad. on the back of the head. Just, yeah, he did have that. <laughs> yep, that um, little pack of hot dogs back there. <laughs> so I, uh, I did, uh, I, I presented the show to them, and uh, he said no. And then we had some changes in in upper management around, and I then re brought the show up, and I go, I want to have this local music show. We can work with this these companies. And everything we could do it. They went out. They set up a deal with these. Uh, it first started with a uh, local uh, show booking company, Innovation Concerts. Oh, okay. Um, and and, and they uh, no, they're still around. Are they still around? Oh, oh, yeah. oh, they closed down. They closed down for like three months. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then they come back. They better be closed down. No. Sending me the email. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. They. They signed up, and we did a weekly show, and and I worked hand in hand with the people of Innovation Concerts, and I got to hang out with all these local bands, and I got to interview uh, a a band that was coming up, that was coming into Toledo, and uh, and then a local band itself, and it became kind of somewhat of a big commercial 
for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they bought the airtime. They bought a one-hour show, and we worked with them about what we play this kind of music. We interviewed these bands. I've interviewed uh, thanks for animation concerts. I've I've interviewed Annie Flag, Balance and Composure, MC Chris. I listen to MC Chris. Yeah, I, I, know you, I know you re-release all those as uh, podcasts later on. Yeah, uh, uh, who else was a, was a big one that I like? Holy crap! I interviewed this guy. Um, those are like the three that just pop out of the head. I loved interviewing Andy Flag. I had like a half hour interview with Justin Sane from uh, from Andy Flag, and that was incredible. Uh, Balance and Composure is a band that's on the up and up and great uh, indie band. Um, I got to, I I met I uh, I later on. Animation concerts couldn't hold up their end of the bargain due to money reasons and things like that. But luckily, the program department, the management's like, continue doing the show. We we trust you. It's got a good following. Do that. So I got to have full control over it. I got to choose guests. I got I interviewed more. It went more of a local music standpoint with some up and coming music in there. And that's when I interviewed guys like Citizen and the Plot and You and Ghost Native and these bigger named acts or acts that came out of Northwest Ohio, Southeast Michigan that made the do stuff. That's probably um, a lot of them. Actually, follow us on yeah on social media yeah <laughs> so you know I I and they, it was an incredible uh, they were incredible um, bands and I got to you know enjoy and I got to see more about music and not only that I got to choose like individual artists that may not necessarily was fitting the mold that or would regularly be booked at innovation concert shows which is good because there's a lot of live music venues around in Toledo but some of them don't necessarily just do live local music. They do cover acts and things like that, but there's a lot of individual acts that do both cover and originals. So I I jumped in that world as well. Um, Angel Tipping, Jeff Stewart, Andrew Ellis, uh, uh, just to name a few, the phenomenal people I, I got to know. Um, you know, even uh, one of the one of the acts, and I always love to give him a shout out, and it's Shavar Dante, where th- that man is. I saw him at Kroger the other day. He, really? Yeah. I, He's the nicest guy. I gave him a wave. He waved me. I was, I, was like, I was like, he probably doesn't know who I am, but I've seen this dude like six times at, at Peapod's wedding. He, yeah, he played my wedding. He's the nicest dude. He's mm-hmm. the nicest, coolest motherfucker ever. Like, seriously. like He like oozes that like old school cool. Yeah, he's so chill. He's so chill. He's the nicest dude. I met Shavar Dante for then, and he ended up playing at my wedding. Who, who uh, is he? He's just a local music a musician from here, like, like a, he, a one man band. Like he, he just it, plays like real cool. It's like kind of like like a little bit of like indie, but also it's a little like, bit it's of like indie soul. jazz. Yeah, soul? Like, yeah. It's, it's like it's like free form. Yeah. It all seems kind of like flowing. Yeah, it all kind of flows. Like it just it's like it's real cool though. It's a it's, yeah. It's a, it's a very unique style of music that I don't think I've ever heard outside of him playing it. I had him, and then I also had a, a, a local cover act called Breaking Ground, which was really cool, which we actually saw at a uh, Bar 145 uh, battle of the cover bands, and my wife was there. She goes, I want them to play at our wedding. And it, and, <laughs> saw and, them, too. Yeah, and, and it was great. It was, a, it was a good time. We had it at Martini and Newsies, and um, she plugs all around, and uh, that, was, that was really cool. But be, being the radio and, like, being in, in Toledo... Being in radio, being in the spotlight, made me love Toledo more. Mm-hmm. And and to realize there's all these like great local people, hardworking people, and a lot of people like to shit on Toledo. Of course, it is. Everybody likes to shit on the hometown they are. Of course, but there's a lot of like good things, a lot of cool pe- people, a lot of hardworking people in this town, and you just got to show pride for that. And that's what I always enjoy. And that's the big thing for radio is you need to have that local element in radio. And 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 unfortunately, radio has is evolving into a point where there's a lot of canned personalities 
not local. There's a lot of people piped in. There's a lot of syndication. Yeah, you know, your 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 Ryan Seacrest. Right. Uh, every every day, it's just like, oh, here's Ryan Seacrest top four. Like, I'm not, I'm not one of this. No, this isn't. This is anybody, anybody I know is this, like. Ryan Seacrest sitting in Hollywood at 4 a.m. recording this thing isn't anybody that I care about. No. You, know you want to care about some guy who was doing it around in Toledo. Some or guy like, who had the same drive to work I did. Exactly. Oh, man, the construction here is shit, man. Yeah. Don't, don't you agree? <laughs> Call me up. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, you can't say shit, but yes. whatever. Yeah. You, get, you get the point. Yeah. It's like, it's all about live and local. And I feel like radio needs to get back into that element, no matter how much it is. And, 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 and not only that, but listening to your audience and knowing your audience. A lot of radio personalities, some from competition, some from in our own house, have a very hard time trying to connect with the audience. And I did a morning show uh, in the beginning of 2016, and it ended in September due to the radio station being shut off and flipped to talk radio. But my morning radio show, and 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 maybe this is just me tooting my touting my own horn, and some people would agree, or some people would not. Um, Thank you so much. <laughs> Send the help engine. What is that? He was grabbing the first empty. I was. I, I, I was. I was. I, I was. Uh, I was. I needed. I needed some drinks. Sorry. Sorry, Becca. I didn't. I. I guess I hadn't realized uh, you're the first guest that we've had who is a personality. Right. I didn't realize how much that takes a, a toll on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh and I get to share the host job. Right. And you yeah. are, are going to town. And I'm right. looking at you. I'm like, man, this dude is thirsty. Well, yeah, he's one of the first guys that ever used his mouth as much on this show besides us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's when you tell a radio guy there's no break, like, oh, yeah. you don't have a, uh, like, the biggest thing for radio is, like, you are confined into, you only have X amount of seconds to talk up this, this, you, you know, if an intro of a song has 20 seconds, it's called uh, talking up the ramp and then hitting the post. It's just, the moment you stop talking is the first word that has popped into the singer's mouth. Oh, so, nice. so that's the whole thing. So if you tell somebody there's no time limit, you just unwind. So it's literally like letting the beast out of the cage. Yeah, so. yeah you, are, you are a spool of wire that we dropped on the floor. It has mm-hmm. come off the, the, it's off just the spool. Off it's it. everywhere. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, it's... um. But I guess, so that's one of the things, too, is, like, I wanted to ask about that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it like, then, just because you only have those few seconds between songs to kind of let people get to know you. Right. But it, you just, you doubt it. Like, I think people listening to you on the radio, like, even me having known you personally, if mm-hmm. I didn't know you, I feel like I would know Peapot on the radio. Because, right. because of, like, in those 15 seconds you're talking to me, I get to know something about you. I know, I know something about your personality. Like, is that difficult, or is that something that came naturally to you? That's a really good question. Um, it's a combination of working in the element and also developing sort of a character. Okay. Sort of. Sort of. Well, it's not not quite like the Grizz. Not like the Grizz. Uh, well, <laughs> Grizz might be a character. But he is like that in person. Oh, is he really? Yeah. I've never met him. He's he's a wonderful person. But if you piss that man off, I've seen him angry. On the radio, he's a wild man. He is a wild man on radio. And and that's a different style of radio personality. That it, it's it's more that kind of character mm-hmm. radio personality. Radio DJ. They're like this character and then offset they're kind of mild mannered or whatever. Mm-hmm. I my uh, the difference between Chris Daher and Peapod 
are is like a Venn diagram. It's more or less the same thing. I I may be sometimes a little bit more reserved sometimes depending on where I'm at. But you know when I'm out and about with with people and everything, I'm having a good time. I'm loud and obnoxious and everything, and and I kind of translated that to the radio. I I wanted to share people because at the end of the day, I'm no different than anybody else. And I, I have been, at times been treated and spotted in public like a celebrity. And I hate using that term. Because, yeah, well, especially when you like when you have to use a term to refer to yourself, you're just like, oh, God, I don't want to use this word because I feel like an asshole saying it. I, I, I do. It and I, I, I get but the, the thing is, though, thing. Is, right. the thing is, though is, I would consider you a local celebrity, and I would also consider you a local celebrity because the thing is, like, you both, people know who you are. Right. Like, you have followings. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, whether you like the word or not, it makes you feel like an asshole or not, like you are a celebrity. A celebrity. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. even, like even if it's like Z, you know, Z list, like low, like low right. tier local celebrity, it's still celebrity. Right. People still know who you are. People, people know of me. People recognize me from some, something. And, and I, and I want to show, and I have shown at the end of the day that I am no different. I am just some guy that has a big voice, but now my big voice is on a, on a stage where it can be heard by hundreds rather than a few. So it's kind of like telling a really good lie then. Like you start with a kernel of truth and then you just exaggerate all the good parts. <laughs> like for your, for your... I want to say I want to say lie. Um, I can't think of the word. Um, maybe maybe. No, no, just, I just, I just analogously. Right. Like, just, just like yeah, something like that. It's just it's exaggeration. That's it. That's the word about it. A, a more exaggerated version of myself. Right. And. Like a caricature. Yeah, yeah. Like, but at the same time, it's still me, though. Mm-hmm. So, like, I use a turn up to eleven. Exactly. It, you know, this this goes to, this goes to eleven. Why don't you just set ten and then ten's the le- that's the limit? But this goes to eleven. This goes to eleven. Yeah. Um, it, it it's still me. At the end of the day, it's still me. I on my on my shows, I I still talk about what I'm doing and what me and my wife did, or what I saw, or things like this. Things that still I. I like and I enjoyed, or I that has actually had happened to me. I'm just sharing that in a very condensed, buzzworthy style for the radio personality in the couple of minutes that I have on air. Okay. So I want to know when you when you meet people, how do you introduce yourself? I introduce myself if if it's related to the radio. No, no. You meet anybody. Meet anybody. Um, it depends. It depends on which circle of friends I'm in. And how they introduce me, or how they call me. Most people call me Peapod. Most people call me Peapod before I got on the radio. Yeah. Because Peapod, the name, uh, and and here comes the most un- boring story about how I got the name Peapod. <laughs> Literally in high school, I hung out with a younger crowd because I did not like my high school class because they were a bunch of dicks, <laughs> and I put that on the record. They were dicks. I hate. I hated my high school. Hated my high school class. Oh, yeah. Part of the reason why you hate your background. Yeah, actually, yes. I would, I would imagine so. Yeah. Um, I, I was, I was bullied a whole lot, whole lot, and and I, I don't like to go back there. It's kind of a lot of bad memories, and I, I only go there for the family. I mean, granted, I don't ever run into anybody in my high school class ever there when I'm in Akron, but still, just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Um, but I hung out with the younger crowd, and my sister Emily was a freshman at the time when I was a senior in high school. But a lot of the freshman kids knew me as Emily's big brother. So I was hanging out with a handful of uh, freshman kids. Excuse me. And uh, I 
they, 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 one guy said, I'm going to start calling you Peapod from now on. And I go, why? And he goes, it's the first word that popped in my head when I met you. Literally, that's it. It's, it's, it, it means nothing. <laughs> I wasn't even wearing green. It I, just, it yeah. just, it just happened. When I got into college. Yeah, I find the best nicknames either come from somewhere like amazing or literally come from nowhere. Exactly. Like, the story, the story is either like this really long, complicated thing or just a short thing like, well, my sister called me a uh, swipe one day, and no one stopped calling me that since. You know, what I mean? right. like just, so some guy called you Peapod, and he's right. like, "That's you now." And you're like, "My, yes. my family, some of my family members called me CJ. Uh, my middle name's Joseph, and um, and some of my family members called CJ. So that was always like a backup DJ. What else? So like a backup would be like DJ CJ. Oh, which, nice. Which had like a good alliteration. I'm like, if I if, I, if anything happens, I had to change the name. I I could use that as a backup, maybe. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, I I got into college radio and I got to meet more people and more people interacted with me and people introduced me as Peapod. You know, less and less people know me as Chris mm-hmm. than than Peapod. So now these days, people more or less people introduce me. As Peapod, if I'm not related to anything radio, like if I'm at a, an event and I'm not related to anything regarding the radio, I introduce myself as Chris. If someone introduces me as Peapod, I will go. I will go. I will go. I'm Peapod, or uh, hi, my name's Chris, but you know you can call me whatever they call me. And then people start having the connection. They're like, wait. Wait, Peapod, like, on the radio, Peapod? <laughs> and they have that, that or, or, like, they hear my voice, and they're like, wait, you're, you're Peapod. Like, and that's becoming more and more, like, people are now recognizing my voice and going, you're Peapod, than, 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 <laughs> than somebody else saying something, which is still really weird to me. I got a question. Yeah. Do you ever have people tell you, like, that they confuse your voice with other radio host voices? No. Okay, so they, they, you have a pretty definitive voice. Yeah, his voice is super distinct, I think. Yeah. It's distinct. It's, like, part nasally, because um, I've always had sinus problems, part just, like, the volume and, like, how it carries. My voice like, kind like, of like the, timber, the timber of your voice? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, it, and, and, and it's also very wide range. Like, I, I can go, I'll go, like, really low, and then, like, when I get really excited, I'll go, like, really high for some reason. So it's, like, a weird range. It's something very distinct. Enough, and then I also have like a fake tooth that I have, so that also kind of helps with like kind of the the shaping of my voice. Okay. So I think it's a combination of that. I think I just have a distinct voice just because how it is. So when you meet people mm-hmm. and they say, "Oh, like people on the radio," what do you think people think when they first find out what you do? What do you think they think of your profession? I think people think um, it. it, it, it the what people think about the profession is is the kind of the idea of like the the guy pressing a bunch of buttons, putting a bunch of CDs or carts in, and then it's the it's the Howard Stern esque shock jock uh, uh, radio idea. They're like, hey, coming up next, let's uh, we got this song, but first we got to pay the commercial, we got to pay the bills right here on. <laughs> Fart noise, whatever, meow. Peapod and the dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. You know that like the little morning small, zoom crew, yeah. That morning zoom crew from Family Guy. It's, a lot of people think that as well. <laughs> so, do you think that that's the biggest misconception about your job, or do you think that that there's? I think that's the biggest misconception of the job. I think it's also a misconception that uh, that we get paid a lot. <laughs> uh, I think it's a misconception that we're all butt ass ugly. Um, we have a face for radio. We have a face for radio. 
Um, you know, I know plenty of people that are on radio that that are actually good looking people. I I consider myself maybe like a seven. I you know whatever. <laughs> My wife likes me, so that's cool. Hell yeah. Um, she uh, thinks you're a ten. I know, right? She thinks I'm a ten. It's good. I'm good. He's a damn ten. But uh, I I I think that's a misconception as well. Um, well, I want to know what your misconceptions were because at one point. You were the guy who wasn't on radio. You were the guy who was trying to get on radio. Yeah, what did you think your job was going to be like? Like, what going into it, you're like, all right, I want to be in radio. What were you thinking was going to happen? I thought I was going to be on air uh, a lot. Uh, I thought I would have to be, like, ridiculous. Like, I was going to be part of this morning show. I was going to be some sort of intern, and then I would have to, like, get coffee and take my pants off while live on air and do Howard Stern-esque <laughs> things. So you so you had the same misconceptions? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Now, um, what were your... What were your Misconceptions about like the, the the salary. Do you do you think that you had a good idea about where you were heading into, or do you think I think the starting salary in a lot of radio stations is absolutely bullshit. I I think someone who had a college degree and had somewhat of experience goes into an entry level job in the media and is not paid and is paid a little bit either the same wage or a little bit more than someone who flips burgers. I think that's bullshit. I absolutely, and that's one of the number one things that I, I, I want to preface to people when they were interested in radio. It's not a lot of money. You will have to bust your ass. You will sometimes have to take a second job to do this. But if you grind enough, you and learn everything, you will get to a position where it will be beneficial to you financially. And experience-wise, what do you think then? Like, what would be your end goal for this profession? Like, where do you want to? Where do you want to end up? I want to. I want to end up programming my own stations, either programming a station within a, co- a corporate limit, or also owning my own radio station. I'd like to be in a, a in one of the top five markets. My dream, my absolute dream, is to work in radio either as a full-time on-air personality or a programmer in Chicago, Illinois, which is like the number three radio station. In uh, the radio market in America, yeah, well, place is huge. Uh, New York Same and California. California. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like New York, L.A., Chicago, Dallasworth, Texas, something else. I forget. Okay, so then would you? So you, would you say your job's worth relocating then? Yes. Now, what if it's not to a city that has a bigger market than us? If the if I go to a place. If I go to a city that I can do a lot of good work in, in a in a format that I would I could I personally with my knowledge and experience can do good work in, it doesn't matter if it's not a big station. If I can do a lot of good work and I don't have people constantly breathing down my neck, or if I go out of line, if I do something outside of the box that the and people will respond well to it, I I think that's a victory. What so like so then like what if like I guess it's not very far, but let's say Cincinnati. Somebody from Cincinnati gets a hold of you and they're like, "Hey, it's like Cincinnati. It's still cumulus. We want you to come down here and run the like a new metal station." Are you going to Cincinnati? If the the amount of uh, if the amount of pay and work experience and and if the ends justify the means, yes. Okay. Uh, do you think you have? You think you have the propensity to retire from what you do? Yes. 
Um, it, but it, it, I still have a lot more work and a lot more rungs on the ladder to climb. Um, in my seven years, I've climbed a lot and I've done a lot, but I've also, it's still minuscule to a lot of people. I don't mind if I do radio into my 60s and 70s and then I have to retire. I am doing something that I, I thoroughly enjoy. I have a lot of passion for, and I love doing. So in the, in the end game, am I really retiring? <laughs> like I, I love entertaining people. I yeah. love talking about whatever, whether it's music or nerd or you know doing things like this. You know, I I love I love interacting with people. Sometimes I really hate people. And I want I want to touch on that. I yeah. want to touch on uh, now. If you're not doing your work, I mean, you're doing, you had the on the radar. You yes. Have, you do your Peapod Palooza stuff. Yeah, I did. I did uh, with, with, with Peapod Palooza, which was uh, two shows I did. I, I chose bands. I helped promote bands. Uh, I helped promote bands. I helped, you know, I, I actually printed handbills and I got those, I passed those out to places and hung up a couple of posters and I helped bring people in and help sell tickets and everything. Is that all like side work? Yeah. So is, is any of that part of your your job, or is that like okay, we'll let you do that? Yes and no. It's um, the the on the radar stuff was was a, it was a pet project of mine that I got to do on the radio um, that I can also do in a short form podcast or things like that right. or YouTube if I really wanted to go that avenue. Yeah. But it, it was the I I have all the tools here. I might as well do it for here. Yeah. Um, some of the, uh, and because of those on the radar and those contacts that I made and everything, getting to more of the lo local scene and understanding how it works and everything. And I've always been the type of person that like, I always want to know how things work no matter what, mm -hmm. like how things tick. Um, so I, I wanted to know more about show booking and like how that business goes and everything. I've gotten a better idea and I've put on a handful of shows uh, in, in that aspect, and uh, that was just another outshot because that came, it came out of the on the radar, yeah. Okay, absolutely. Um, if if but I was also because I also was very passionate about I wanted to do this, and I, I and I made this happen with the in this avenue. Um, as of late, with my new promotion and 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 scaling back on some of the on air work and doing more of the major style, some of those contacts and everything has kind of you know weakened a little bit. Not mm. necessarily by choice. It's just like I'm doing more in this aspect, so there's not really necessarily a stage for some of these artists or some of these things going on. So I'm gonna have to form a new stage if I would like to continue, which I am and hopefully will be doing more of. Oh yeah. Do you feel like you have job security? Um, Maybe not necessarily at your station, but in your line of work. Yes and no, and 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 I say yes and no, and, and I'm saying yes and no because a lot of this is relative. Mm -hmm. I've I've gotten to the point where I have gotten to know and mastered a bunch of things to the point where if something happened in one in one area. I can I can switch over to another area. Mm -hmm. So I I have built myself more foundations on myself. I started as a board operator for for a sports station. If I didn't go out of my way to learn more aspects on that, I don't think I would be at the position I am today. 
I've learned how to do that board operating, uh, and then because of that in the sports, I've learned how to do it on live broadcasts, and from that I've learned how to do a weekend show on an alternative station, then I've also learned how to do a weekend show on a AC station, and from that I learned how to do an afternoon show on an alternative radio station. I, from there, I've learned how to do a morning show. And then from there, I've learned also how to make and edit commercials and use, you know, software, music, um, uh, sound engineering equipment and things like that. And from there, I've also now learned how the promotional side and how to put things together. And I've gone and I've learned and tried to do all this. I've gotten to the point where I have, I've gone on my way and I've actively tried to learn all these aspects to make myself valuable to keep myself around so it would be very hard and actually not beneficial for them if they got rid of me so basically you're saying you, like you had to grind, mm -hmm. grind. And, and take every opportunity they gave you mm -hmm. to make yourself invaluable yep so you have job security because you basically worked your ass off to secure that correct like you don't just you didn't just walk into it like well they're never gonna fire me it's like well i'm here i'm going to learn everything i possibly can to the point where i'm so fucking utility that they can't get rid of me. Correct. I think it, I think that's you know that should be your goal at any job. Yeah, I really, that yeah. really should. And, and and I just feel like and and the idea of uh, uh, that's why that's why I fucking hate the phrase "you're making us all look bad." <laughs> it's like I ain't making anybody look bad but me, dude. I I I'm not making. You're supposed to work hard and learn every aspect and move up the ladder. It doesn't matter if that's going to be a long term goal. Act like you need to be there. You want to be there mm -hmm. to get to the next point in your life. Right. Yeah. Don't. I think. I think when the day the day you start treating a job like a stepping stone is the day you should probably step out of that career. Correct. So uh, let's talk about free time a little bit. Okay. Do you, do you eat lunch on a regular basis? Yes. Uh. Yeah, yes and no. Uh. There's been a lot of times when I was on doing more on air work. Uh. I would either eat before. Or I would have something small in the middle, uh, or I'll eat afterwards. Now, since my job is more is, is a little bit more nine to five, I can sometimes take a lunch break and go out somewhere and get lunch. Or uh, I I usually have a pack lunch and I just eat at my desk. Okay. Um, what about like free time outside of work? I I have more. I have gotten more free time outside of work with this position now. Now, when I was doing mornings. Um, I my my schedule was all kinds of wild when I was doing uh, night stuff. My my I had no I don't have I didn't have a lot of free time because I had more free time during the day, but I didn't know what I was doing. And then I would go into work and do the on air shift for a few a handful of hours um, at at nights and go from go from there. I've gotten to the point now where my schedule and my free time and how what I can do things are a little bit easier now. Mm -hmm. So I go into work at about 8 a.m. I leave roughly around 4. I have the whole evenings. Uh, I don't work on Saturdays and Sundays. I do jump into the studio for a couple things on a Saturday, but not the entire day. So during when my wife's at work in the morning and I jump in there for about two hours, work on a couple things, and then just go. So to put that in perspective, are you and your wife – I mean, this, I, I don't mean this in an offensive way, but right. are, you, are you guys more homebodies or do you guys like to go out? Both. Both of you, you guys do have like an active, like outside of the home social we life? Like, we like to go out. Not that you just have weird cave trouble just listening to your household. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, uh, we, we do go out. We do go out something. If there's something like we, we want to check out, we go out and do it. 
but we also a lot of times like to just sit home and just yeah relax. i'm a self like i'm a self-admitted homebody and I think, right. I think joe is too like if i don't have to leave this apartment i won't right <laughs> like, like there, there'll be like stints of like two or three days where if i'm off work and i have nothing else to do I'm not leaving. I'm not putting pants on. I'm not walking right. out of this house. I'm just sitting at home. There's, there's at times that uh, that I'm like the same, but you know, there's also sometimes that I like to go out and about and go check out things if I really want to. But there's sometimes that you know, if we don't have to go out, we don't have to. Hell yeah. Are you? Do you think that your line of work affects that, or affects how your relationship is is geared at all? It can be. It depends on. Sometimes there's a lot of things related to the radio station, a lot of odd hours, uh, especially when sometimes the live broadcasts or giveaways or big promotions are going on. Uh, I, I'm very interested in how this job is going to affect uh, social-wise when it comes to the summer because a lot of big promotions happen in the summer, so we're going to be out and about to a lot of things, and I might have to be, uh, I might have to be less available uh, for personal things and more available for professional things. Um, uh, Things like that. Radio is always, if you're in a in a in a in a good station and in in a main part, you're always in it in some sort of fashion. Um, you know, when I was doing stuff with the zone, you know, the zone was always on in my car to make sure I can hear things off, and it was more for the sake of I want to make sure the radio station is running well more than I'm just listening to the radio to listen to the radio. So I, I'm always always into it, but I've always been the type of that person that I was in. I was in the world of radio because this is what I care for. This is this is this is my money maker. This is how I do things. I want to. I always want to be available and know what I'm doing. Hell yeah. So if Dana, your wife, <laughs> was doing exactly what you do. And just for a different cumulus station, how would that affect you? Um, it would be very weird because if it was well, when you say different cumulus station, like I would be working at one station, she would be at, at like a sister station in her own cluster, or really any station. Okay, any station. If if we were both in the radio industry of some sort, I I think it really depends on like what we're doing and what part and like what genre and everything but i think overall it, it would just be we would always be in we would have a lot of things talking about work yeah <laughs> we'd be yeah, a lot I mean, frustrated about work you but guys have worked together in different yeah in different scenarios yeah. before so it's not like it would be completely unheard no. of. um i just didn't know like schedule wise do you think that would be something that would be too hard i mean i at, at one point i was working morning uh i i we at one point we are on opposite ends of scheduling wise. Oh yeah, Beck and I've been there. Yeah, so I mean, it's it was difficult, it's frustrating, but we still made things happen. If you really want anything to happen, you will work hard to make it happen, no matter what. If you care enough, you will do everything in your power to make that happen. That's the secret of life, right? That, I mean, <laughs> it, like if you really want it, if you really care, you're you're gonna fucking work for it everywhere. I care about my, my industry and my job and my, my craft, so I'm going to work hard at it. I care about my wife, and I and if we were on opposite schedules, I would work my damnedest to make sure things would work out for this to happen, things like that. Yeah. You know, I, I care, therefore I work hard. So then, like, I guess in an alternate, like an alternate universe, would you actively 
seek out somebody with your profession to date them or do you know like this might be kind of hard i might just kind of would, are you asking like would i ever date if, if if i was not currently married would i date somebody in my profession exactly that exact question um i mean to me it, it really to me it would just have to be uh uh it would be it, it'd be less about the job It'd be more of how they would work with me and my personal, uh, like how my how our attitudes work out, mm-hmm. uh, and are, are they okay with the kind of a work schedules kind of flowing like radio is. So it's like I guess as as long as she was as flexible as you, correct, it would probably work out. But yes, okay. Do you think you have a a good work life balance? Yeah. I think so. Um, I, I I sometimes, uh, and I think this is more of a personal thing. I think I, I think about work and I overthink things a little bit too much. But that's that's a personal thing. It's, I think I overthink about a lot, a lot of things. But I have a good balance between um, work life and and off work life. But I know it's it's very hard for sometimes me to fully turn it off. Because it's hard for me to fully turn that that work life off. Mm-hmm. Because at at any time something might be going down, or we would get some sort of news that that will affect us and things like that. So I I think yes, it's I have a good balance, but I've always I've always worked the two worlds together. Yeah, I mean, cause I, I feel like so much of your job requires you to be just on all the time. So, right, I have to be available and connected and like ready to ready go. Yourself. Yeah, basically, it has to be ready to be. You, Chris has to be ready to be Peapod right. at a moment's notice. Right, and I think it's kind of like you just need a phone booth. <laughs> <laughs> just changing that. You just rip the shirt off, put some headphones on, yep. and good to go. So, uh, talking about moments notice, I really wanted to ask this: like with your like your work, I guess is, is demanding because it can be. Yes, they need you. Right, it's not like. What what happens if you're sick? If I can still talk and I'm still walking, I I'm there because you I've, have to be there. You I have, have to be there. there. Like now, if I'm really sick, and there's gotten points where I've been really sick and I've had somebody have to fill in for me, mm-hmm. that has happened before. But if I have like head cold, I'm still doing my show because I still kind of need the money, right. and I still want to do my show and still have things to talk about. I it sucks heavily on it because having cold, I already have messed up sinuses as it is so I got a head cold and I'm like I, I can't breathe <laughs> and I sound even worse in my opinion so it, I, I've been there but if I'm still moving and I'm still breathing I'm still working I still want to do it and I still want to be there that's that fucking work ethic man not everybody has that I have a heavy, <laughs> I have a heavy strong yeah, I can see that yeah. and, I've always, and I've always been like that I've always been that I, my very first job was working at McDonald's, and and I've always had that idea. Um, I think we've gotten really lucky so far. Like everyone's been, everyone that sat in that chair where you're sitting so far right. has been a really driven individual. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad we haven't gotten so like hard up for guests that doesn't interview me because I'm so apathetic about everything. <laughs> but Michael, well, would like, you mm. really want them on <laughs> anyway, though? Well, I mean, I, I guess no. I mean, the, the, the idea is to have people who are passionate about their jobs, and stuff, right. so people can understand what the job's all about. Right. But I'm just, I just think like I'm just glad you know, he's never had to interview me because I'm so apathetic about everything that would just be like, no, that, well, that fucking sucks. I, I think maybe it's because maybe it is my work ethic, or maybe it is because 
uh, of who I am, but I, I, I know there, there are people, there are people, and I've seen them in person across the street. I've been, I've seen them in within our own building that go in, do the show, have no passion for it. Just kind of punch a clock. Kind of punch a clock. Mm-hmm. I've seen the punch clock people, and the punch clock people really annoy me, and they really annoy a lot of other people, and they don't really last very long. Yeah, I think it's especially so, annoying when they're, when they're somebody who's apathetic about it, or just, you know, they don't, they don't, have a real inter- a vested interest in it, but they're taking a space from somebody who does. Like somebody out there has a passion for it and wants to do it, but there's this person who's like, "Well, I have this job, I'm never going to leave it." So there, there has to be a time, and I feel like that time will be coming. That the people of yesteryear that are still holding the positions will have to vacate them. Yeah, they, everybody's going to age out eventually. Yes, everybody ages out eventually, and I'm sure there'll be a young upstart. Who will call themselves some sort of other fruit or vegetable nickname and try to outstart me and saying this peapod guy's been around for way too long? Yeah, you know, it's I, it's kumquats time it, now. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's bean sprout time. Yeah. You know. Oh man, I'm DJ Bean Sprout. <laughs> it's uh, it, but I I I feel like I, I am definitely in the building with a lot of people who have done a lot of good things in the radio industry. Um, but I also feel like I'm not seeing enough hungry younger people who want to be where those people are. And it's unfortunate. Maybe it's because radio gets the wrong idea. Maybe maybe it's the corporate radio uh, style. Maybe it's just I'm not seeing uh, enough people who have the drive to be there. I don't know. Um, but I hope to goodness there are people, and I'm sure there are out there, that want to do this industry, who love this industry, who want to pave the way in this industry and want to break out of the the, the usual, this is how we do it and we're not going to change it mentality. Are you telling me you can't just wake up, roll out of bed and become a YouTube star? <laughs> because unfortunately, I, because and, that's my current career path. And unfortunately, and, and, and while those are like, those are good and those are bad, and they they have they, they are they have been successful in a different media outlet. You know, let's play, everybody has a let's play channel. YouTube stars are big and everything, but mm-hmm. I also feel like there is still it's just a different animal. But I also feel like there might be hard work behind the scenes on it. But at the end of the day, you're you're playing video games in front of a camera and telling dick jokes in front of it. You're 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 in front of a camera, you know, pulling your pants down. You're you're in front of a camera, wrapping things in bacon and shouting really obnoxiously. You're doing very simple things in front of a camera, and people get paid for it. Well, that, but I think that's that's kind of like I don't know. It's, that seems demonstrably easy to say. Yeah, like, yes, like, yes. Like, like, like when you think about like I mean, because there are channels that I watch where I'm like. This kid puts so much time and effort into this. There are, and like, there, and like, and, and, but, but again, but that goes back to your thing. Too. Yeah. It's, like, it's like those kids are also. The, 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 I shouldn't call them kids. They're probably are probably all adults right. my age. But those people are also. It's the same thing as you. Though. Like they, mm-hmm. they they wake up. They have a personality that, that clicks. That works. For what they mm-hmm. do. They have the passion for it. They have the drive for it. And like I feel like you see like uh, people like Matt Pat who does like the Game Theorist channel mm-hmm. and stuff or Dunky. Like those people. They have their audiences, and they keep them because of the fact that they that they are a personality, and because they put that that work into it. And I think it's kind of like it's the same thing. Like it's just, it kind of feels like 
a lot of the people who would be doing what you're doing now, I think I think you just like our generation just barely missed this. Like if you had been born ten years later, you'd probably be a YouTube star. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think, you, like I think, you'd be a fucking Snapchat mogul or you'd right. be like a Vine celebrity. But like it's because like you'd be applying that drive toward this other media. It's a different media, and maybe I'm not just getting it because I wasn't fully engulfed in it. Now I wasn't the the the, the millennial generation that is growing up with technology. Right. I, we are all, the people in this room are are from the generation that we saw analog, and then we saw digital, and then we're seeing now the more involvement of it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have broadband until I was in high school. I didn't have cable until I was in middle school. My first cell phone you know? could play a snake. It didn't have ringtones. Exactly. You know, <laughs> like, you know, we have these mini computers in our pocket now that can do so much things. And, you know, in when we were growing up, this the, this was a sci-fi thing. Yeah, I own a calculator that has more, has more processing power than... <laughs> than my first cell phone. Exactly. <laughs> so my thing to say to you is, I guess that's the purpose of this entire show. Mm-hmm. Because those same people that you have this idea about what they do with their YouTube thing, that's their idea about what you do on the radio. Exactly. And and, and I might have I might have out I might have spoken out and I'm also no, generalizing that, yeah, that's but, okay but yeah. because that's what you are part of everyone. Right. Yeah, that's, and, just, that's just us showing our age when we say exactly. that kind of shit. It's like those fucking YouTube kids. Yeah. I those mean, we're, and we're like 30. Yeah. We're all in their 30s. Like, yeah, Minecraft kids. Let's Players, motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah, like we're going to have somebody on here who does a YouTube. Oh, okay, channel. cool. And and she puts so much tireless work into this stuff. And I just know just from the marketing that I put into this stuff and into my own job. Mm-hmm. And you know the marketing oh, yeah. that you do. That stuff is a lot. And I see this girl go nonstop. Mm-hmm. So... I know that maybe it looks easy while they're on camera, but that them being on camera is just one tiny piece. Of, of yeah, and, and that's that's what's part about the show is like you know that's that's that is that is the essence of the show is that you know so tomorrow when someone says oh radio jobs was easy we can just be like well we you can ask Chris Dar because he's on this show and he's telling you right now that it's literally not easy it's super fucking hard and it's dirty grueling work that. You have a passion for that's why yeah. you do it. You do it because you love it, not because it's, it's, it's easy. It's very simple to to take down a job and simplify it into one, two, three buzzwords. Mm-hmm. But in all in all actuality, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of mental and physical work. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Josh actually said it best when he said that like every job, every person works hard. Like it's just people don't see it because they're not there. Right. So people always assume that people don't work. Every, I mean, as far as, it's, as far as anybody's concerned, everybody else has it easier. My job's the hardest. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it's like, like right now, like my job, I have to edit this podcast later. I have the hard job. Joe needs to sit there and talk to you. Right. right. Like, this is the hard job. Yeah, editing, editing is a bitch. But from where Joe's sitting, like, well, he knows computers. It's not hard for him. It's not a hard job. It's like, my, I have to ask, I have to interview people, I have to sit down and talk to people. Like, mm-hmm. that's the hard job. It's mm-hmm. like, no. My job's the hard job. Your job's the hard job. Right. Your job's the hard job. We're, we, all we all have, have the hard, hard job. We all have the hard job <laughs> yeah. and everything. We're all struggling in in our own in our own past. That's, but, that's the know. human condition, man. Yeah. That's the beauty of this podcast. We're mm-hmm. all trying to illuminate that for each other. What's I want to know uh, before we get off the, the finish up the work. Okay. I want to know what's the worst trouble you ever got into <laughs> at work. <laughs> at work. I um. <laughs> I, I'm not proud of this. Oh yes. And uh, and uh, but I, I will I will admit this. And this and this and this kind of this is actually really good. This is a really good example of what you need to watch out, what you say and do on social media. I tweeted at one time um, my frustrations about working in the studio 
and I, I never called out anybody, but I did insinuate, and somebody who was a coworker of mine put two and two together, saw me tweeting my frustrations about the work situation I was in, and I called somebody a cunt, and uh, and and I got into major trouble. Like yeah. if 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 I was at the point in my position, and and this is, and I guess maybe I I saved myself. If I didn't work too hard enough to a point where I was still needed, I would have been fired for it. I am not proud of that. I am still reminded of that to this day. Even though of all the good things I've done, and this was in year two and a half of doing of of doing oh this. Oh my god, it's almost five years ago. So yeah, so I'm still I'm still reminded, and the, and and there are certain coworkers that still give me shit about it. Granted, really, granted, they're assholes for doing it. But it, it is they 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 will still remind me, and there's still people around there that still bring that they just story won't let up. Die. That like, will not let it die. Because like people, I don't know you called uh, whoever a cunt, and you're just like, uh. yeah, exactly. Like I, you know, I was not proud of that. Right. I have gone uh, later on because you know I am still working with this person. I've gone out of my way and also apologized for that. Mm-hmm. I have worked with this person handful of times now. Lovely person to work with. I have no ill will. I have no ill will against anybody. I was just very frustrated at that time, and sometimes my bad temper gets the best of me, and um, and I've grown as a, as a person, as a professional, as an adult. It's very hard to get wrapped up and tweet and Facebook, and that's why I, I and it goes back to the whole like why I don't like social networking sometimes because like it's all about the tone. Mm-hmm. If you saw my tone and you heard the tone. You would understand the frustration, but you're just seeing words on the screen, and it and it got and, me and in it trouble. Just, it just looks like you're flippantly insulting someone. Exactly, yeah. and and uh, like I said, I'm not. I, I uh, that is that is spot on the point where I've gotten the most problems. Now, I've also been the type of person when I think something is bullshit, I will say something is bullshit, mm-hmm. and that has gotten me some talking to before, but it's also gotten me to the point where like people realize that like. Maybe I'm not as crazy. Yes, I'm kind of like in my building, I'm kind of a wacky person. And that's still saying something in a building full of radio personalities that I'm a wacky person. But I've also, I've just kind of been loud and just how my personality is. When I'm happy, I'm happy. When I'm sad, I'm sad. I, I wear, you know, you can always tell how I am by just knowing me and talking to me and everything. There, there's no, there's no mask, there's no nothing. Because you have an art form, and because you're an artist, technically, right. and because that's how artists are. And exactly. Very, very, very deep into whatever emotion that they're feeling. Right. So when so you know so I'm loud and I'm having fun and everything, and I show my emotion, and like my desk is filled with posters and nerdy shit all over there, and I get really excited about a lot of things, and a lot of people kind of keep to themselves. Mm. So like, you know, when I'm thinking something is BS and I say something is BS in front of a large audience, you know, people are like, whoa. But like oh, also they, they under they yeah, exactly. But they also go, oh shit, maybe he's right. Like maybe we well, have maybe they agree with you the whole time they just, they were just quiet because they, you know, they don't want to be the one who who rocks the boat or stirs right. the pot. They're just like Oh, thank God, Chris said it. Because now I can also I can also sit here. And I know like, it not, is bullshit. Yeah, I'm not the type of person to rock the boat for the sake of rocking the boat. Right. I'll rock the boat when it needs to be rocked. When you took the boat over. Yeah. So you know, um, 
like like I said, that, I mean that's the idea of like I, that's the biggest amount of trouble I've gotten into. But I've also been to the point where, and luckily, like people have seen me and like I've aired my frustrations out to management to a large scale management. Mm-hmm. There was one time that I, uh, the senior vice president of our company was in here, and he was talking like he went on like an hour talk about like the country radio format. So he opens the floor to questions. And I asked the question, what about the other music formats? Because I'm never, I'm not a country guy. I don't know if I ever would work in a country station. You know, why would that matter to me? I'd like to have a question about my format. Right. Apparently that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But I feel like that would just be obvious, you think? Like if it doesn't affect you that often, how about you ask the question about what does it matter? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't understand why we're me the wrong way. Like it's all about finesse. It's all about keeping your mouth shut, apparently. <laughs> and I'm, well, not, I'm not. I'm not necessarily good at that. I think every like every workplace, people have a face on. Mm-hmm. And then I think in your workplace, it's people who always have a face on because they because their job is to have a face yeah. on. And right. then, so like it's it's tension is that much higher. Right. And I I've, I've gotten people that told me it's like hey what you did was really stupid. But, like, also at the same time, I've had people come up to me and go, thanks for asking that. Yeah. Because, so, like, you know, yeah. you know I'm, I'm just the type of person, because, like, I, I want to know. Now, luckily, I've worked, like, I've worked very hard to the point where I'm, I, I, I've hopefully gotten myself to a portion where people understand where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. I've worked hard for what I've done. I've proven myself time and time and time again, and I will always t- prove myself that I'm worth something, and I'm worth the time, and I'm worth the energy and everything. Just because maybe I'm not as smooth around over my rough edges, but that's mm-hmm. who I am. You're gonna take me at face value, but it's very hard to put me into a square peg. Yeah. When I want to be a circle. Yeah. So. <laughs> so uh, okay. So I know that like this has obviously been you for a long time. Right. And you have gone into engineering, but when you were a kid, mm-hmm. what did you want to do when you were a child? Be a Power Ranger. <laughs> that's everybody's favorite job. Yeah. That's, that's that's fair. Was there a job that you wanted to do? I wanted to I wanted to do something with computers. Yeah. I didn't know what. I didn't know how. But I've always been kind of a techie nerd at heart. Mm-hmm. I've always liked. I've also also I've always always been interested in in seeing how something works, pressing the buttons that I'm not supposed to press. You know, checking things out and everything. Not necessarily breaking something apart and seeing how it ticks, but just playing with stuff. So, I mean, and, and I really liked computers, and so I wanted to do something related with that when I was, as a kid. Um, I didn't know if there was a job. If you told me, like, if you told eight-year-old me that 30-year-old me would be seven years into radio, I'd be confused. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, well, now that now. you are 30. Yes. Uh if you could, if you were given the opportunity to switch to any career, what would you pick? I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I, there hasn't been really, I would like to do something related to music. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's like a management role, maybe a, a, a booking role, maybe you know working at a concert venue, Role, I don't know, but I I always wanted to re- do something related to music. 
I've always enjoyed music. Music is a big passion of mine, you know. So I, I always, I would still want to want to be somewhat in the music world. Could you take your degree and like kind of become a producer? Like, could you, could you produce? Do you have the ear for it? Like, could you? I, I, I've, I've, I've done some work with some bands locally. I've, uh, I, I, I've some bands have reached out to me and gave me their two cents on like their single. Like, hey, tell me what you think about this single, or like, what do you think? You know what? What do you think is good or bad about this? And I mean, they would put my two cents as a as a person in the music industry, but also a person who just listens to music in general. You know, they they want to put my two cents on it. I mean, maybe uh, music producer or music man or management or anything. Um, I've always been very fascinated, and also like sound engineer, like sound recording, running a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously, there's more stuff to that. Um, uh, to do something like that, but you know, you oh, know. don't worry. I mean, I'm doing it right now, but I don't know half of it. So. Right? Yeah, but like the, the the big level of like recording drums and then like mixing down mm-hmm. the drums and the guitars and everything onto the song and make the song like that process. Um, I, I it would always have to do relate relate something with music. I think. So would you do all this again? Everything would I do radio all over again? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You seem pretty happy. Oh, yeah. All in all, uh, you have a lot of passion. We, I mean, you drove most of the conversation <laughs> yourself. You, I think, like, it seems to me like you've been putting a lot of thought just into talking about this. You've had a lot that you've wanted to say. I've wanted to say, I, and, and there's still a lot of things I want to say, but I also like to keep my job. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I, maybe one, maybe one day I'll actually write down all of my thoughts about just the world in general. Um, in some sort of form, whether it's fiction or nonfiction or uh, whatever. Um, my my grandfather, um, who passed away earlier this year, uh, was was in radio, and and maybe maybe I caught the bug from him. I I really don't know. Um, but he would. He, I, it was one of those things that I wish he would write write a book, or he, if he wrote a book about like his experiences radio, because he's told me so many stories about it. And maybe down the road, maybe I will, you know, write a book about my life, even though I may not be anything 30 years from now, or maybe I will be. I don't know. I I, I barely know what I'm doing tomorrow, let alone 30 years from now. Right. Um, but my grandfather uh, was a great man. He did radio, and he sold radio and everything. And if he could see me now, what I'm doing now, he'd be very proud. So I hopefully I, I want to share this industry. I love this industry. I love what I do. I want to find more people. To see this, and I want people not only just to be a part of it, but just to understand a little bit better. It, radio is a different animal than it was decades ago, but that doesn't mean it's not part of the world around us today in the world of digital uh, a la carte. Listen to what you want when you want it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, I don't know, just. Radio has been so prevalent in my life since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like my mom loves music and listening to music, and I've always kind of had the radio on in my life, I guess. Right. Um, but I kind of feel like maybe this this up and coming generation, these kids now are maybe, might be the first real generation to not really be in front of radio. I think like you know when your phone can be a radio or your mm-hmm. your tablet's a radio or your laptop's a radio. I think it's a little different than like being in the car with your mom or your dad and like them turning on the radio or putting in a tape. Because like, kids have headphones in a lot more than I think. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it's even before that, before even people were just going around the radio listening to radio, people would go out of their way, they will end their day, they would revolve their their day around listening to a radio program before television. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think that's all I have for radio. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm not satisfied. Okay. <laughs> all right, good. We want to just fire off a, a couple of quick, fun questions okay. for you. Yeah. Um, Josh usually leads this portion. Yeah, my favorite question to ask right, da, off, the da, da, da. <laughs> right off the bat is just uh, tell me about your first kiss. I uh, I was in seventh grade uh, at, in in Akron, and um, uh, uh, I was uh, in seventh grade for some reason. Like I started becoming the, the 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 kind of the personality you meet now. I was very shy and timid as I was growing up, bullied a lot. You know, it was it was you know. So being the the personality I am now is is a big transformation in my book. But in seventh grade, it started like the start of me sort of getting into my own skin, and I was hanging with a lot of people. Um, like you know, I, and you know, I was hanging with a lot of people older than me. Like I was hanging with a lot of seniors. And I was a junior, and um, I, and and. I was kind of like the leader of the misfit toys in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like people were like weirded out that like when I got when I moved from a table, like the entire lunch table moved with me. Like <laughs> and people were like surprised by that. But there's this one girl, I believe her name, and I don't know why I fucking remember all this, but I do. Um, uh, her name was Jackie, and I remember like I was getting a soda, and how our lunchroom was set up is like. Our lunch table was like in the main room, and then there was like a small hallway you can go around, and there was a Coke machine right there. So I was like, I'm gonna get a Coke. Who wants to come with me and get in and, and walk and talk and continue our conversation, or whatever? So it was it was her and another buddy of mine, I wanna say his name was Alex, come with me. And Alex kinda had a knew that like this Jackie girl had a thing for me, and I thought she was cute, and I was flirting with her, not actively flirting with her because I barely know how to flirt. Know fuck. How, yeah. I don't know how to flirt now and I'm 30 and married whatever uh, so I, I move around the corner and I and I and I, and I, uh, and I almost get a soda and then Alex is like oh wait hold on I, got, I gotta get something back at the table and all of a sudden this girl just lays one right on me nice and and uh, I actually apologized because I didn't know what to do and I said that was my first kiss <laughs> and so I was just like I'm very sorry and I just like I was like I was like dumbfounded but I had the biggest shitty grin on my face for like the remainder of the day and um, <laughs> and uh, and and I and I actually never really got my coke that day either so <laughs> uh, some more important things uh, came about apparently so yeah, that was my that was my first kiss. I think you just I think you just wrote an ad for Coca Cola. Yes, pay me Coke. Yeah, somewhere Coke's gonna use that one on uh, on us later on. We'll see that in the commercial. Um, okay, this one is a, a question I just thought up recently. Okay, uh, I know that you're really into superheroes. Yes. If you were to go on a superhero ride along, like the way you would with a cop, who would you pick? What? Superhero or comic character? We okay. have to. No, we, comic, comic, comic character is fine. Wow. Um, I will say 
uh, as of late, uh, some of my favorite comic book characters are kind of like the weird, dark, off-the-wall characters. Like the biggest comic characters I really like is uh, John Constantine mm-hmm. and Swamp Thing. Yeah, but as soon as you asked that question, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, actually, I would like to do a ride-along with the Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. And the oh, Doom nice. Patrol is, uh, I guess, basically a... a um, a lot of misfortunate events happen to create the Doom Patrol members, um, but they deal with like the really weird and off the wall things. And I don't know. I just a day as a member of the Doom Patrol, as long as I wasn't getting like killed or anything like that. Who uh, the Doom Patrol is Beast Boy the only one who made the crossover into like a cool team yes. like Titans? Yes. Everybody else is kind of like a, a reject. Like it, yeah, the Doom Patrol's a lot of misfits. Doom Patrol's a lot of misfits, and 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 you were right. The uh, Beast Boy was the only person that was kind of was it could uh, it actually became a little bit more legitimate, legitimized. Yeah, a little more mainstream. A little mainstream, yeah. That I think that I think it was thanks to like cartoons like Teen Titans and um, being written more in the Teen Titans world and comic books. Um, but at one time, yes, he was part of the Doom Patrol. Hmm. Yep. That's where he got his origin. Oh, uh, so I wanted to ask you, how many, like, silly engagement ring remote competitions were you a part of in radio? Like, how many times were you like, oh, don't take your hand off the, the uh, Vespa and you'll, well, you'll win it? Or I've never sit done on, Sit on the block of ice I've until your hook falls off. Really? I've, yeah, it, you don't get those a lot nowadays, unfortunately. Um, and I think the reason is because, A, it's hard to sell. To, to advertisers. Uh, B, there is the uh, liability on it. Um, there's been stories I've heard that, you know, uh, of people actually getting hurt from ridiculous stunts. And see, nowadays people don't really want to do it. I mean, the most wackiest thing I've... I, I haven't seen much wacky giveaways yet. Uh, the more and more I'm doing stuff in the promotion world, maybe I'll see more. But... The wackiness don't go out on on live broadcast anymore. Unfortunately, hmm. it's just it's just a, it's a different time nowadays. That's a bummer. I do miss the. I feel like a lot of late nineties and early like two thousand sitcoms had an episode based on that, oh, yeah. that uh, concept of the the DJ. Like, oh, come down, you win an engagement ring if you uh, longest kiss ever. You know how you get a kiss for seventy two hours and you can have an engagement ring. Right. right. Yeah. But it, but it's all like a big liability thing. I think that's the the thing nowadays. Yeah. So it's very hard to do. If you if you could have any band on the radar, on on the radar, what band would you have? You put me on the spot. <laughs> I, I mean, on the radar was for bands for like up and coming. So yeah. maybe 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 it's like who would I want to interview? Well, maybe well, the thing is though, like that could also be like you want more people to know about this band that you really. Maybe they're already big. But maybe I, I'd love to learn more about uh, the members of Bad Religion. Okay. okay. Um, what are they on, like, 14 CDs? <laughs> they've been around for a good while. But I'd love to, like, just pick the brain of, and I, for the life of me, now I can't think of his name, the lead singer of Bad Religion, who's also, like, has a PhD. He's taught in colleges. He's wrote two books on atheism and everything. And, like, doesn't he live on the front porches and swing life away? That's uh, that's Rise Against. Oh, that's the wrong band name. <laughs> uh, 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 I think I think Bad Religion would be really cool. I would like to meet. Um, is, it Gr- is it Greg Griffin? Those names? Greg Griffin. That's it. I knew. I think I I, I, I didn't know his last name, but I think I I, I didn't it's, want to say Greg. 
Greg uh, Graffin. Greg Graffin, but I, I'd like to meet them. Uh, I also would like to meet, uh, and, I, and I interviewed and met in person the, one of the singers of Andy Flag. Andy Flag uh, switches between two singers, and the bassist and also singer Chris Number Two. Uh, I'd like to talk to him because he's he's one of my favorite members of Andy Flag, and he's very passionate and everything, and he's a really cool dude. And um, I'd like to interview uh, him. Um, I want to play. Uh, uh, I'd like to play a round of uh, um, uh, of oh, I forgot the name. Uh, something of Catan. Uh, Settlers of Catan. Settlers of Catan or Catan mm-hmm. with uh, the members of Citizen uh, because they've all played that, and I know they've all played that. So um, and and it's a fun game, and and really, and I'm really a big fanboy Citizen at the end of the day. Um, it's I'm because a, like I Citizen was one of those bands that everybody's like you need to interview Citizen mm-hmm. and I'm like what the fuck is a Citizen and uh, and then I like I did research on it and then I listened to music I'm like oh this dope this is really dope music and then I met the guys and they're really cool and then I saw them live at a show and I just they're really great and they're probably one of my favorite bands uh, in general so you know like I'm gonna go see them on December 30th and I'm really stuck stuck for uh, for for that so um I, th- I think that yeah so I think those are like my my handful th- and also like have a drink with the members of foreigner oh yeah foreigners tight like the original like the, like I want Lou Graham and the uh, whoever's left of foreigner to drink I don't like I don't mind the the current incarnation of foreigner but like the only original member is the guitarist uh, and Lou Graham does solo stuff, but I'd like to have like the original uh, members, if still alive, a foreigner, and just like have a drink with them. What's your favorite foreigner song? What your favorite foreigner song? Uh, urgent. Urgent. Emergency. That's that. The whole four album is is phenomenal. I saw I saw Foreigner last year, and um, uh, my wife actually it was a it was no it was not a excuse me, it was not a birthday gift. It was a Christmas gift from a friend of ours who bought tickets for his, it was Foreigner, Def Leppard, and Night Ranger in Cincinnati. Oh, man. I met Night Ranger. Uh, not to not to right. derail your story, but no, sorry. I met Night Ranger when I was working at the hotel downtown. Uh-huh. Their manager is one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. I actually knew more Night Ranger songs than I thought. So, so, oh, so did I. Yeah. I so was really surprised. Like, you know who Night Ranger is? I'm like, yeah, cause, like I'm a big 80s like, like aficionado. Right. So I was, I was like, yeah, I know who Night Ranger is. Like, Mostly, I'm like okay. Uh, then later on, I was like, looking at the songs. I was like, I was like, oh, I know a lot of Night Ranger yeah. songs. I knew a lot more Night Ranger songs than it. I knew every song, every word of every song Foreigner did in their entire set. And then we left in the middle of Def Leppard because Def Leppard was like boring. Really? Yeah, I was very disappointed. I only wanted to, I wanted to hear uh, Foolin' from Def Leppard, and then afterwards, I was like, okay, we can go. I heard <laughs> Foolin'. That's that's my favorite <laughs> Def Leppard song. So we we can do that. Hell yeah. Um, do you, if you could, this is if any question puts you on the spot, it's this one. Okay. Do you, if you could go back to when that kid named you Peapod? Yeah. And change what he names you, and that that is now your. <laughs> what would you choose? Jesus. Um. It could be anything. It could be Matador. Oh, Matador's tight. That is tight. I don't know why it's the first thing I I've always been a fan of, like, Lucha Libre. So, oh, like, 
something like that, El Capitan. Like. So, something like something that would sound really cool. Maybe I'll have a whole gimmick that I wear a mask in public and everything. Like kind of like bring Lu- the the idea of Lucha Libre into into the, into the forefront, world, into the forefront of of America. I guess maybe the idea of like you always have your mask on. You don't know who they are. You know, you even do like press interviews with the mask. Yeah, you wear, you wear the suit, the tie, and the mask. Yeah, exactly. Like it is a part of you. So like when you lose the mask, it's a big deal. Awesome. Your honor goes with you. I think. I Literally think raised, so it's, 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 it's either mask or the hair, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so maybe, maybe, maybe that something related to that. Hmm. I do like that a lot. Um, what is your favorite dessert? Um, and I I like pie. I, I enjoy a good I, I enjoy a good strawberry rhubarb pie. Oh, that's that's, that's a good choice. Um, I um. Especially around here when fresh strawberries come out. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, I, I, I just, I enjoy, uh, I, I enjoy a good pie. Uh, like strawberry rhubarb is my favorite. Um, a good apple, uh, pumpkin. Mm. Um, yeah, obviously Thanksgiving came around, so like pumpkin and pecan was really, it was really good. Oh, or yeah. pecan if you want to be. Oh, caramel caramel. Yeah, 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 I, I hate that he does this. Because I usually am going down so long without eating. Right, so you're like, (laughs) (laughs) someone pees fucking. Uh, And then then, then the person across from me is just painting, like right. I'm just painting a word, a beautiful word picture about food. Um, and I also like a good sorbet. I, 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 I found out the last couple years, like I have some lactose intolerant problems, so like ice cream just makes me feel like shit. Is this after you met, like, and started? Eating Danish food more. I guess. Actually, well, uh, it's a combination. Like my wife is a self-trained cook, and I ate a lot of like I'm eating a lot of good food. I've actually learned a lot about the food I eat and like the preparation and everything, and I appreciate it more. Um, um, but I've also I, my family's always had lactose intolerant problems. It just hasn't caught up with me until last couple of years. Um, and you know, also like I, I wear glasses now. Um, it's not like I can I can take these off and I can I can see fine, but it's more for like driving and like things in the in the, uh, I'm nearsighted for looking smart. So so and also like you know, I've always been the type of person that I always thought that I I look like the type of person that would wear glasses. We well, can't be no nerd with no glasses. <laughs> you can't be no nerd without glasses, <laughs> fool. Uh, but like everybody else in my family needed some sort of glasses, and uh, so it was almost like eventually a, a, the amount of time. So like about. Couple months back, I, I got you know. He's like, you know what? I'm having some problems at night, or when I have some problems driving, some things seem a little bit out of focus, or mm-hmm. I'm not focusing right as quick as I should. So I I go to the I go to the eye doctor. I get an eye tester. Like, when's the last time I took an eye tester? I'm like, I don't fucking know. And uh, they go, you're a little bit nearsighted. You know, it's not terrible. Don't wear it when you're in front of t- uh, in front of screens a lot. Which you know, half my job now is in front of computer screens, so I take them off. But I use them more for driving, and then I wear them uh, as, more as um, is wearing more just in general. So, um, like even at home with like the TV, like it it just makes things a little bit more crisper mm-hmm. and like a, a little bit easier. Like I can tell them off, and I like I can sort of see like the words on your television. I can make it out, but like when I have the glasses on, the 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 aquos or whatever. Um, um, sharp, well, sharp. Yeah. But now I can I can see it clearly, so it doesn't seem as fu- uh, as fuzzy. So I'm closer than you are, and without my glasses, I can't read either. <laughs> right? Wow. 
Yeah, no, Joe's nerd credentials like, sir, uh, what are your credentials? He's like, oh, I have 20, 80 vision. They're like, oh, we didn't know it was you, sir. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> so, 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 sorry, King Nerd. It was you, sir. <laughs> oh. so, sorry, sir. Joe's like, dude, my lenses are thicker than your boyfriend's thighs. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, this is the end. We are oh, I like this. embracing the <laughs> We always leave the end where we let you ask us if you have a question for us, either individually or together. Do you have anything that you want to ask us? What do you, I'll, I'll do two questions. One, where would you like to take this podcast to? Like, what is the, do, do, do you do, are you doing this podcast because you really want to get the information out there? Do you want to get this on a, on a bigger, in a, in a bigger environment? Like sales wise and following all, wise, all, all, for me, all of the above. I right. want, I want this. Sh- like this show is a passion project. I mean, obviously, all of this that the Joe and I are doing has to be a passion project, right? Because we're not making any money from this. There's no, there's no ad revenue. No. This is us in our free time, sitting in our spare bedroom, talking to our friends. And honestly, if that's all it ever becomes, I'm fine with that because this is this is a moment where I say to spend, you know, two or three hours with my friend, my best friend of all time, and then. Someone else I care about, you know, mm-hmm. you or Mike or whoever it is who comes to this room. It's like we just sit down and we get to touch base with them on a way that I feel like most people don't communicate anymore. Right. Like, you know, sitting down and literally just asking you about your life and listening to the answers. Um, but ideally, if I could make this my job, if my job could, if I, my resume could say podcast producer or podcast host or whatever whatever fancy jargon I end up putting on resume in the future when this uh, and I inevitably become extraordinarily famous from doing <laughs> this um, you know when Joe and I take over the world and have our own studio in Hollywood um, yeah I mean, I'd, I'd like for this job to pay my bills I'd like for sure. this, I'd like for this podcast to be something that you know I, I check the information on it and it's like the analytics I have 40,000 listeners on an episode like that'd be insane to me that's what that's what I, I think it's kind of a mixture of wanting to have a profession that I love, you know, the same way that you love radio, like that. I have a, yeah. passion, I have a passion for this. Like I, I told Joe before this all started. Like I haven't, I don't, I barely listen to music anymore. Like I listen to podcasts. My time is spent listening to podcasts. I'm passionate about podcasts. I like to listen to other people's opinions. Other people talk. You know what I mean? So I think the idea that someone wants to hear me in that same way that I want to hear uh, Kevin Smith or Chris Hardwick or the guest from Comedy Button or IGN personalities, like. If w- even one person feels the way about me that I feel about those guys, I think that I'm happy. Right. I think that's, that's all I care about, really. I think that's a, that's a solid that's solid answer. Joe, you got anything to add on that? <laughs> yeah. When I had the idea, um, it was obviously about this being informational. Like, first and foremost, this, is a, this, this podcast specifically is always going to be about being informational. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be about, this is more about you in that seat than it is about us necessarily. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned more about every person that has sat in that seat than, uh, than I learned about them in the past few years. I mean, I've known some of the people who sat there for decades and I learned a l- more about them in two hours than I did in the past five years. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel closer to every person that has come in and I think that it's a huge opportunity for every you know every person. I've had a lot of people. I've, we've now gotten to the point where our first episode came out twelve days ago, mm-hmm. and we've gotten to the point now where people we don't know are reaching out to us and asking us if, if they can you know have this opportunity to be on here. And I think that says something. Yeah, that's big. Um, but my goal is twenty nineteen. 
for this like for podcasting between whatever it is we do for that to be my job like that would be my goal so so the this goes to my second question you you talk about people reaching out to you and everything but like who is like the like the person you want to get to know more like who is the like notch in your belt person okay i have a i have one that i've already mentioned that like my like it's kind of like a small term goal. Just it, it, it's it'd be huge, right? If, if it happened, but like it's a goal that I could see realistically happening. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, *Impractical Jokers*. Yeah. Um, one of the guys on there, his name is Brian Quinn. He okay. does podcasts. I'm, he does a podcast called *Tell Him Steve Dave* uh, with Tell him Brian, Steve Dave. Tell him Steve Dave. Yep, with it's T E F D. Tell him Steve Dave. That's with Brian Johnson and Walt Flanagan from Comic Book Men. Okay. Those are Kevin Smith's friends. Right. And then, I guess, well, technically, Brian Quinn is also one of Kevin Smith's friends. Like, they all, they all knew each other uh, growing up in Jersey and stuff. Um, but he's one of the Impractical Jokers. Uh, Q already does podcasts. But Joe and I love the Impractical Jokers. We love Q specifically. And, like, the idea of him like, getting to sit him down in that chair right. would be fucking fantastic. And ask him, like, what is it really like to do a practical joke? It's like, people think you guys are just a bunch of assholes. Oh, he right. probably couldn't tell us any of that. They, they'd probably, they'd, well, they'd have, they'd, they'd, his... Uh, manager to probably muzzle him pretty quick. Right. I, I'm sure the stuff Network that he's TV. allowed. I'm sure the stuff that he's allowed to say would be. Oh yeah, no. What it, the thing is, having him here in general would be interesting as fuck. Right. So no matter what he take, it could be a bunch of fucking PR shit he's spewing. You know what I mean? To have BQ in my house is still. That's oh, why I, I gave myself a realistic one year goal for a, a guest, and that was him. Right. That was what I said when we started this. That's before I think we even released the first episode. Um, but I mean, I am like. Putting this, I like right now. I'm at a point where I'm working at least twelve or thirteen hours, six days a week. Right, and I am coming home and doing everything I can to put myself into this. And then when I'm at work, when I have free time, I'm marketing. Right, I'm doing everything I can for this. And this isn't my only podcast. This isn't my first podcast. We also have Nerds and Sound Tape. Mm-hmm. So, plug. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, of course, everything like I have right now that isn't me working which also takes a tremendous amount of me in social media before i even had podcasts it was hugely tiring i'm mm-hmm. doing everything i can to pour myself into this right I, I love these things um i mean i'm giving it the same passion that i, I gave writing right and, and that i will give writing again when i do it more but this is this is what i would like i would love for this to be my job and i want my goal is to be able to full-time podcast and write Mm-hmm. Like that's my goal to to I think those things would coexist to each other perfectly because what I do now it's too hard for me to write and that I I hate because I like what I do and I hate that it, it takes away from the thing that I love. For me, it's uh, without without question. If I had to pick off the top of my head, it's Kevin Smith. Yeah. Like that dude, that dude does this for his job. You right. Know, you know what I mean? Like that that dude is a man who made. A career out of nothing, you know, directing clerks uh, at uh, 22 years old, uh, made a cult film, got a huge following, and then made some really, as far as critics are concerned, like a lot of middle of the road films. You know, what I mean, like a lot, a lot yeah. of poorly received or just like lukewarm films. Um, but then I think I think his story is interesting because it's kind of just like he decided that that didn't matter to him, like making money off movies and critics like reception he was just like mm, you know whatever like i don't care i'm gonna keep doing what i want to do i'm gonna i'm gonna you know push whimsy and make weird movies that 
that are just me. Like he made a movie starring his and Johnny Depp's daughter. He made a movie about a gag getting turned into a walrus. You know what I mean? Like he's making a movie about a, a moose that is it's called Moose Jaws. It's literally just Jaws on land in the that of a shark. It's a moose. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like they're just like. Who else is going to do that but him because he feels like doing it? Yeah, he's doing it because he wants wants to do it. And right. I, I mean, I, I personally am not the biggest fan of Kevin Smith, but I can I can applaud him for something he's doing, what he's doing, doing his right. passion. And then it's kind of like, you know, so that's his passion, but his, and his, his day job is literally just him selling himself. He's, right. he's just the king of market. He does personal PR. Like self-promotion is literally his job. Right. He goes on speaking tours. He goes podcast tours where, like, it just, oh, they'll just record their podcast at whatever amphitheater is in your town. Or you know what I mean? Like it's like they're just like, oh here they're coming like though they, they went to Detroit, the film war, mm-hmm. and him and Mark Bernard did like Fat Man on Batman. Just an episode of that. Just hour and a half, you pay ten bucks, you go sit down, they record the podcast, they ask you a couple questions. Like that'd be cool as fuck if my job is literally just, oh, I'm gonna tour the country next week and then uh, when I get back next month, I'm gonna sit down with my friends and we're gonna record podcasts and I'm gonna get paid for it. Right. That like that would be fucking fantastic. Right. Or I mean I guess a secondary goal would be uh, for Joe and I to be the assholes on Talking Dead that nobody knows who they are. <laughs> you know, every week, Chris Hart has somebody on who's yeah. like a friend of his, and you're just like, oh, it's like it's that asshole from some show nobody cares about. I want to be that asshole. I want to be that asshole. I want to be the asshole that's like, who the fuck are Joe and Josh? Like, yeah. Who are these assholes? It's like, well, they must be friends of Chris Hardwick. There's some stupid assholes from Hollywood. Yeah. I want to be the stupid I asshole from Hollywood. I want to be the stupid asshole <laughs> yeah, that's, people. that's what I want to be. So... At this point, we would give you the opportunity to plug whatever you want to plug. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, um, uh, I, I am uh, I am currently on weeknights on uh, Q105.5, uh, which is uh, top 40 uh, music. So if you're not necessarily into the pop music, that's okay. I, 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 will not, uh, I will not be insulted if you don't listen to it if that's not your cup of tea. Um, but uh, if you would like to follow me and interact with me on my... Uh, Shenanigans or my two cents of the world uh, in the radio. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for Peapod on the radio. Um, uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook. Excuse me, Facebook and Instagram. It's spelled out. Uh, Twitter, however, because I'm one. I was one, one character, character too big, so it's the letter P. Pod on the radio. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, I have a professional page. It's Peapod on the radio on Facebook. I, uh, I post stuff on there. I have an Instagram. Follow me on that if you want to see photos of ridiculous things and baby photos of, of uh, kids in my family. And, uh, and Twitter is the random shenanigans I do, and I try not to uh, curse on that. Or I try not to get too frustrated about the world on Twitter. So, <laughs> not anymore. Um, not anymore, exactly. Um, but, uh, but in general, yeah, if you want to follow um, uh, and see the world through, uh, through my nerdy-ass eyes, um, uh, it's those how how to do and then uh, uh, hopefully in 2017 there'll be some uh, cool things in, in the works and uh, follow uh, follow what you uh, you want uh, I'm Peapot you or you don't fight it feel it and I'll talk to you next time <laughs> is, that your, is that your usual sign off yes I, 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 I am Peapot and you are you and yeah. I'm going back at you. <laughs> yeah I want to know if, is that your usual that's, sign that's off that's my I, my sign off is I am Peapot you or you don't fight it feel it and I'll talk to you next time. That's okay. That is beautiful. And uh, I and I and, and and that part that 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 whole part is broken down. The I am Peapod, you are you. I technically stole from another radio personality. Okay. However, I I changed it to the point where he goes, I'm, and then he said his name, and then he goes, you're you. I I I I longed that, and I says, I am Peapod, 
and you're you. Mm-hmm. And then the don't fight it, feel it. I added that after a year of doing afternoons. Um, don't fight it, feel it is what Chris number two from Andy Flag shouts out at shows. Um, and uh, it's basically just saying, you know, feel the music, feel what our message is and everything like that. And I really like that. Um, and, and I'm always the type of person to, you know, my emotions it drives what I do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't fight the feeling, you know, just be in it. So don't fight it, feel it. And of course, I'll talk to you next time is when I'll talk to you next time. <laughs> so, 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 come back. So, come, so come back, join me again. Yeah. So, so that's the whole Now, now I almost don't want to close the show out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that, I mean, that, so Peapod is Peapod on the radio, just mm-hmm. about everywhere, except for on Twitter where it's P. Pod on the radio. If you search for if you search for Peapod on the radio, you're more or less going to find me. Absolutely. So you can find me at Joshua G Justice. You can find Joe at. You can find me at I'm the Go with Joe. And just very shortly, I also stole that idea from um, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Steve. Steve Martin. Yeah. Steve, oh, okay. Steve Martin to go is his right. Twitter. So I took that, and then that also, like my I'm a go with Joe, just applied really well for my call. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that makes sense. So I wanted to just apply that to like you're not the only one who takes inspiration right. from things. Well, you know, I don't think it's straight up stealing <laughs> if you yeah. play off of it. Not yeah. imitations, the the finest one of flattery. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so I am Josh Justice. Joe is on the go with Joe. You can find us at Set Your Expectations uh, on Instagram. It's at SYECast on Twitter, and our Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash set your expectations. Uh, you can come there and talk to us. I'm pretty sure Peapod's in the group as well, so yeah. if you got any questions for him, don't, obviously don't harass him. It's just all on Facebook, but come talk to us, see what we're doing, uh, interact with the guests, interact with us. Uh, but until then, I mean, it's been great. Joe? Loved having you. Uh, I Thank hope you. that you learned a lot. We'll see you next time.